0: Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the We Don't Want to Podcast. This is the show where two certified dipshits make uncertified takes about your favorite series. We are your hosts. I am Scott, and joining me as always, he's currently got 28 spinoffs in pre-production. It's Zachary (laughs) Attackery!
1: Dude, I just got countless, countless fucking stories that could possibly make us millions and millions of dollars. Probably billions
0: probably of billions. Uh you are a spin-off machine. Um mm-hmm. you're always playing in some kind of nonsense. Uh oh, yeah. how many of those will actually come to fruition? Probably negative four. Pro- yeah, <laughs> probably negative four. Much, much like the 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 got universe we maybe might see one eventually um you know that Uh comparison is more accurate than i think people will even realize or understand zaki is always cooking up something
1: always he
0: gets so excited about something and is obsessed with it for about a week
1: and a half that's and, I mean, hey, dude, we've been doing this podcast for three that's years. True. Well, this is the main thing. I'm talking about your spin-off energy. Your spin-off yeah. energy is like, yeah, locked in. I mean, I've also been playing Baldur's Gate for like three months. And I'm
0: so proud of you for that. I'm so proud of you.
1: Uh yeah, I never I didn't
0: ask you how you were doing, I've but I've been
1: I, edging for years you've been
0: edging for eternity <laughs> we have to yeah this being one of our final episodes we have to get the edging in there
1: got gotta get the edging in
0: uh anything <laughs> else going on in your world buddy it's been a hot minute since we did this uh yeah i just want to say right away clear the table or clear the air clear the table clear the air immediately if things look a little bit different on the video version um you're very observant very good and not wrong uh (laughs) scotty production extraordinaire over here things happen listen i'm not gonna get into it and i had to basically start over from scratch so new look new year new us
1: zach it's (laughs) well you know that's funny that you say that because this is a perfect segue yeah i set you up beautifully You did set me up beautifully. Home run out of the park, except I'll probably whiff on this. Um, We've got some exciting news for you guys. Before we jump into today's episode, which uh, you all have been so, so patient and also uh, giving with your feedback and comments and emails and DMs, uh, we're very excited to talk about it. But we're also very excited to announce to everybody uh, that we don't want a podcast is rebranding. We are getting a facelift. Um, so we've got something in the works for you guys. You guys will, by the time this episode goes up, we'll have socials up um, and a new podcast page that you'll be able to go and subscribe to. Uh, you guys will be able to find us at Myth Keepers. So we are going to be called the Myth Keepers Podcast where we will hide and hone and uh gather and share and love and experience all the myths and stories and fantasies and fictions that are out there hold on hold
0: on hold on you didn't you didn't give much build up to that that new name drop my guy you just kind of threw it out there yeah hold on wait can we go back and yeah rewind like <laughs> go step in the wayback machine build build it up a little bit more
1: oh okay hey, like Zach, edge a little well, bit? we're
0: rebranding <laughs> what what are we going to call
1: ourselves <laughs> Scotty, we've got a brand new name. Let's build up to it, edge up to it. Oh, what are you doing down there? Can you not hear? It's a drum roll. I'm also
0: <laughs> masturbating
1: furiously. <laughs> I'm doing both at the same time. You're starting to sweat. <laughs> MythKeeper podcast. Let's go. Coming at you guys, hot. Hell yeah. Yes, we are. We are very excited for this new chapter of what will now be Myth Keepers. Um, yeah, we've got some great new designs, which by the time this episode goes up, we'll have those. So they'll probably be like this way, somewhere over here on the screen. Uh, yeah, isn't that weird? One of those, um, yeah. Yeah, so we'll show you guys everything here on the video. Uh, and also we'll link to the socials to uh, the new podcast page uh, in the description below Um I think it goes without saying, guys, that we appreciate you guys and love you guys so much for sticking with We Don't Want a podcast for the past three years.
0: That's wild. That's and we would
1: absolutely love it and appreciate it to the end of the world if you guys continue to follow uh, what Scott and I are up to over on Myth Keepers. Um, is it a good time to also announce what our first project is going to be? on myth keepers i don't know
0: if you want to i mean i think i think
1: it's this might be the perfect chance real quick i want to say
0: i want to echo what zach said about thank you for for sticking with us through all this and i hope you continue to stick with us um i i think the 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 big reasoning behind this is just that we we have moved past things that we don't want to do and we just want to focus on things we do want to do from here on out. So <laughs> yeah. the, the, the podcast name and the vibe wasn't really just like making sense anymore. If people are wondering, like, well, why are we changing this and rebranding all that? Uh, we don't want to it just doesn't feel right as right anymore because we're having so much fun doing this. So um, that's that's kind of the thing behind it. But yeah, Zach,
1: why don't you why don't you go ahead and tell us what are, what are we doing? So we keep hearing everywhere that there's this new craze, this new, uh, I say new, it's been out for years yeah, now. Yeah, but, yeah. it's uh, new to us, new to our Yeah, radar. new to us. Um, a little series that has taken the world by storm, known as A Court of Thorns and Roses, Akatar, as the, the children say, uh, Them childrens. And we have heard constantly how absurd it would be if two men in their 30s who have never read adult fantasy. Well. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Does hentai count? I don't know. <laughs> or as, uh, as our good friend Sam uh, from Heroine's Pod Call, or maybe it was Emily, one of them called it romanticy. I'm sure that that is not their term. That is a thing. Oh, that's that out good. There. I've romanticcy. That's So good. Um, I love that. But yes, uh speaking of which, Sam and Emily also on heroines pod uh are also uh knee deep in the Avatar series. Oh, you so, didn't tell me that. We're just copying them now. Is yes, that... we are, and we've we've actually uh that means that there will be some collaboration oh, yeah. happening. Uh yes, very very excited for that. So uh I think I think we're going to get a little hot and heavy reading this series but also it could be terrible and we could be like yeah why do people honestly like this i'm shit? here for <laughs> it
0: if it's terrible uh i'm very excited for this mostly because it's going to be our first big project that neither of us have experience with yes like obviously game of thrones we've both seen a ton of times harry potter was zach's baby one piece was my baby we did the wheel of time uh but that was kind of a smaller thing And uh I think that was the only other thing that neither of us had any experience with. So I'm excited for this. Getting back to our our reading roots, or I don't think I've read a book since we finished Harry Potter. (laughs) I'm ashamed to say. It's terrible. I know. (laughs) It's very no, no, no. I have. I've I've reread the Game of Thrones books, actually. So I take that back. Anyway, uh, I'm excited for this because I I hope it's it's ridiculous and weird and fun and I had no idea how popular this shit was what do we look up like I just like it's kind of not yeah when the most when Scott bought
1: his book yeah NBA, it's not he the most noticed how many reviews
0: the most perfect metric ever but yeah like the first book on Amazon had like a couple hundred thousand reviews or something like that
1: it, it had almost double the amount of reviews that a game yes of thrones had. the
0: first game of thrones book versus the first this book and again, probably not the most scientific metric in the world, but the fact that it's got like double the reviews of the first Game of Thrones uh book or a uh, Game of Thrones is crazy to me. So I had no idea this shit was was wildfire popular like that. So I'm excited to get into it. It's gonna be a good time.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be interesting. And uh and I know we've said it already, but I'll say it again. Uh it would mean the world to us if you guys decided to follow along on that journey. There's been there's so many of you guys that have followed along from One Piece to Harry Potter to Lord of the Rings to Wheel of Time now to Game of Thrones. Uh it would just be super rad if you guys kept that going and hopped over um uh on Myth Keepers with us as we dive into some hot and heavy fairy porn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking looking forward to
0: it. I love it. how you just like finally laid it fully out of that. Yeah, it's fairy porn, but
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's what's coming up. Um, but we have a lot more to discuss here. Hell yeah. Uh, before that time comes, we got we're done plugging. Let's get to the, the we're meat done plugging. Uh, Scotty, everything been okay on your end? We've got to do the pleasantries, the formalities yeah, before yeah, we jump in. Yeah, we're
0: skipping around a bit, but I'm here for yeah. Everything's good aside from obviously my fucking
1: production woes here. Sure. Aside from that, everything yeah. is fantastic. Well, your woes are my woes now. True. Uh, we
0: share woes. We share everything. Yes. So uh,
1: yes, we do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Uh guys, check out this sick ale horn I got. Oh yeah. This is what I this is what I drink my my Alkies in now. Hell yeah. I'm here for that. Um some I bought it um just because it looked cool. <laughs> hey fair enough that wasn't a <laughs> yeah, christmas was like, present hey, or anything was it that's that's pretty fucking cool um no actually it was i i said i bought it my mother bought it for me <laughs>
0: you don't even know where you
1: got it no 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 no,
0: no. <laughs> you fucking idiot I,
1: my mother bought it for me i put it on like my amazon wish i was like oh i like oh, okay. this added it to my cart and then my mom got it for me gotcha yeah yeah
0: okay fair enough and anyway, are we ready to uh, jump in
1: here I think we're ready to do this. Because I have
0: something ultra super special to start us off. Why don't
1: we tell everybody what the fuck's happening on this episode? Oh, true. Yeah. I thought you did that, but yeah, no, go ahead. No. Okay. So we're done with Game of Thrones. We finished it. If you guys have not fin or finished or you know, caught up to our last few episodes where we finish off season eight, definitely go do that first. Yeah. Pause Uh, this and
0: go listen to seventy three episodes of Game of Thrones. Go do that. Go do that. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But if if you if you all can recall, when we started doing Game of Thrones, although Scott and I had both watched the series, uh, neither of us had rewatched since season eight aired. And uh if you've been following along at all, uh, or have been somewhat involved in pop culture in the past 10 years you know that season eight was not the most well-received thing so scott and i said hey let's rewatch this shit we love the show we were on the fence about season eight for our first run through and we said let's let's just see let's just see how this actually falls into place on a full watch through without all the hype and build up and expectations how does it hold um, up?" That's wait. Are you asking me? Or? No, I'm saying that's what, <laughs> okay. Fuck you. I was like, "Well, we're doing this now." Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was the point of this. And so we we've got a little. We've got a couple talking points we'd like to go through. We're gonna talk about uh, our our stats. Uh huh. Our the stats guy, Scotty yeah, yeah. Westside over here, keeping all the stats. Actually, I can't say that Jenna Shaw, the goat of the podcast, Truly. uh, one of the coolest listeners out there, has bestowed upon us uh
0: some some yeah just time help help, (laughs) let's say dude
1: yeah uh we love her to death um so we're gonna go over some stats for you guys uh we will also discuss some big talking points like how do we feel season eight uh wrapped the series uh how where does it actually fall we might do a cheeky little ranking Mm -hmm. maybe we did that last episode i can't recall Mm -hmm. uh whatever move on uh <laughs> we are going to talk about things that were excited in the Game of Thrones franchise and what may come after this aside from House of the Dragons. Uh we are going to talk about uh all of well much of your listeners feedback yeah. that you guys have sent in. There's quite uh, a bit so, many... so we had to pick and choose. On yes, some level. there there were quite a few but but we we did pick and choose some some great talking points. Some of you guys call us out. Some of you guys talk about how, you know, we changed your ideas on this. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback so much. Uh, I mean, truly, it was just awesome to read all these messages. Uh, but we we want to get to a good majority of them here on the show today. So oh, yeah. Let's get into it. That's that's what we're doing. Let's do
0: uh, it. We're going to start with the stats. Uh, as Zachy Boy said, big shout out to Jenna. Jenna. Um, I, I had kept up with the Who Be Thrown in, but where she super duper uber came in clutch was the uh, ratings, because as you can see from these very empty columns through the first three <laughs> seasons, me and Zach stayed very consistent with our rankings all throughout. Uh, but no, I, I was dreading having to go back and find our rankings because... Contrary to what I claimed several times, I was not my ass was not keeping track of those <laughs> and the the prospect of going back through to $5 rankings was terrifying me. So thank you again Jenna for keeping track of this and putting this on here. Um yeah, this is basically a list of all the episodes and who were the top 5 for each episode. Uh the big thing here on this one and let me scroll over so you can see. Oh, that is the end. Okay. Um, so this column, and this is mainly for video people, so I apologize to the audio listeners. but uh, we'll, we'll post we'll Yeah, post we'll this. post this as well. Uh, this is Zach's rating. This is my ranking. This is the difference, and this is the average. So we had two perfect tens, again, of episodes we rated, which is, for the audio listeners mid season 3 on we we definitely missed a few here and there. Uh two perfect 10s. Can you guess without looking Zach what those two episodes were?
1: Uh I can. Yeah. Cuz you already looked. No, no. I mean I just they're the two best episodes in the series.
0: Okay, what are they?
1: Uh well surely one of them is Watchers on the Correct. Wall. And Oh, are there- the other, the other. No, well, the other one has to be. It's got to be Winds of Winter. It is correct. That is correct. It is Winds okay, of Winter. Right. Uh, okay. Winds of Winter and
0: Um watching the Wall. The two perfect tens. I think the next highest rated one is the Broken Man. Is a nine point two five from the two of us. I thought there was a nine point five. Maybe I'm tripping. Mm, nope. Here it is. I'm pu- I'm two Swords. It it's season four. Uh, oh yeah. The yeah. season four opener, Two Swords, is nine point five. Man, I forgot you gave that a. Oh, I love that episode to death. Um the where did I the other thing I find super interesting? Oh no, before we jump to that, the lowest rated episodes. <laughs> uh, which I also find fascinating. I actually might, I should probably just sort. Oh, no, that's gonna be. I don't know what's that that's doing. Uh, I definitely know what I'm doing. Don't worry about it. Okay. Unbound, unbent, unbroken, which is the the big season five, Jamie and Braun going into Dorn episode, I'm pretty sure. That got a 1.5 from the two Yikes. of us. Uh, which one of us gave it a one? You gave one it a gave one. It a I gave it a two, shockingly. <laughs> you, you were more harsh for once. Uh And the other real, real bad one is a season. It's s- got to be one with Euron, right? No, it's well, he might be in it. It's the season seven episode Beyond the Wall which got a 1.75. Oh,
1: okay. you gave it a two and I gave it a one and a half. Uh, I think, wait, that's the episode that we gave night King the first, the first spot, huh? Uh,
0: beyond the wall. Did we? Looks like it. Yes.
1: That's fucking Fucking Gendry
0: funny. was number two. Hell yeah. Shouts to Gendry.
1: Dude, my boy <laughs> yeah, runs, he runs,
0: he runs strong. I think the next worst is a three. Uh, which is like season 7 episode right, I'm looking two. at this list now.
1: Stormborn, Stormborn I see Stormborn
0: yeah. Uh there were some stinkers but a lot of high a high a lot of high rankings as well. Anyway, again, we'll post this just some some interesting stuff. Uh The Bells getting a 9 from us by the way, season 8 episode 5. The episode that ruined Game of Thrones according to a lot, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Zach and I loved. Let's go to the who be thrown in rankings. That's the episode rankings. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, surprising, absolutely no one. Our boy John Snow is the number one
1: overall winner. you finished out let us. Let let us just make this super clear. This is indisputable.
0: Yes, true. Well, Jon
1: Snow is the best character in Game of Thrones, well, apparently. I'm going
0: to be honest. After looking through this, I actually have some disputes with us. <laughs> I, I have some bones to pick up. So it's indisputable unless you are unless, one of the two yes, creators unless of this you're list. Me or you. So Johnny Boy, uh, it was actually much closer than uh, I would have thought. Tyrion made a big push in season eight, shockingly. Tyrion yeah. got, uh, what was it, like... A first, a second, and a third, I think, in Season 8. Um, that's wild. A first, a second, yeah. And I swear there was a third, too. Anyway, doesn't matter. He came up in second place only seven points shy of Jon. So that's like a first place and a third place, and he would have tied him. Daenerys was right behind Tyrion with 84 total points. Uh, tywin holding on he so Tyrion and daenerys gone for four for four fucking seasons Tyrion and daenerys passed him in the final three episodes uh he held on it at number four 80 points and then there is a mammoth gap the next closest is jamie running out the top five at 62 points he is a full was at 38 points behind tywin that is crazy to, no, no, I don't know how math numbers to, work. Eighteen. Eighteen. Oh, I'm tired already. Is it showing? Um, <laughs> eighteen points behind. I don't know why I was thinking forty-two. That's still not right.
1: That's also not That's what you said. You said thirty-eight. Right. I know.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway, Jamie, Cersei, Arya, Sam, Littlefinger, the Hound, just sneaking into the top ten. Here's here's my beef, Zach. I found out as I was going through this that one Dolorous Ed was only thrown in two times. One of the times was the episode he died this season, season eight. He got two fourths and nothing else. He is
1: superseded See, in points. You You are looking at this strictly as like, this is what he got. You're not you're not acknowledging that like in the episodes that he would have been considered he probably was outshone or the fact that he's not in a lot of episodes I don't care
0: I don't care I'm not I'm not talking about individual <laughs> episodes or who should have passed him I'm talking about the fact that such uh incredible characters that we love so much such as Theon Bran uh Gendry are ahead of Ed <laughs> Gilly's head of- okay that one I'm kind of here <laughs> Dude, for that, Gilly the one time fucking first place finisher her and Hodor with the perfect one for one first place Uh, yeah so I have a major bone to pick with us on that one Zach I do not care for the fact that my boy Ed was only on the list two fucking times
1: alright scroll up do-, do not look at the bottom okay there are nine characters oh boy there are nine characters one on point. this list with one Jeez. point. Okay. Name them.
0: Uh, Osha. Okay. Um, I'm going to guess I convinced you to put like Summer on there one time. <laughs> Summer's on there. <laughs> uh, Ghost? No. Fuck. Um,
1: Wait, is Ghost even on here? He Surely Ghost, Ghost is on here. He right? might not be. I
0: definitely had a picture of him. Well, let's find out.
1: No, Ghost was not on here.
0: Ghost is not on here. That is a travesty. That's your fault. You hate <laughs> Summer's dogs. Summer's on here, but Ghost yeah. is on You God. fucking hate <laughs> dogs. We all know this. Uh, let's see. I've got Summer and Osha. That's not true, by the way, okay? <laughs> You're the dog hater. <laughs> um, obviously, I mean, they're not on here. Um, Shit, I feel like I should. Uh, I think, wasn't podrick one of them weirdly pod is on is is one of the people who made it on one time but he got a fifth he's got one point
1: he's got one point okay.
0: yeah uh um, yeah all, all of these bottom okay okay that's
1: i just yeah to they only have one point uh
0: yeah. pip who was fifth place in the watchers on the wall episode
1: uh pip, pip? okay you have it yep. correct that's four. Oh boy that's probably about all i've got um the the last five are Sirio Pharrell. Okay. Solid. Hell yeah. He uh, should have been higher, but those are some good episodes. You, you said Osha, right? I said Osha. Pod uh Thoros. <clears throat> oh
0: sure. Okay.
1: Walder Frey. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Yara Was that the episode Gross. with
0: Sam and Emily? I think that Walder Frey got fifth Red Wedding, probably.
1: It may have been, yeah. yeah. Uh, Yara, Yara,
0: I should have guessed that one.
1: And Euron. And,
0: uh, yeah, I didn't even want to guess Euron because that would have just been giving him some spotlight. So, yeah, you know, that's my true
1: thing there. True, true, true.
0: Uh, fun, interesting stuff. Uh again, perfect but imperfect. I think sixty-one different characters
1: for seventy-three episodes is is pretty wild. What, is, dude? I was about to say. The fact that there are this many characters who are able to earn themselves, like...
0: Make enough of an impact.
1: Make an exactly. To, like, be in the conversation of, like, man, this character really shined this episode is absurd. What other show can do this? Very, very few. Yeah, it's it's wild.
0: Uh, It is wild. It is pretty fun. Um, Shouts to Tyrion, by the way. Longest streak. He had 10 consecutive uh, who be thrown in the list, 10 consecutive weeks, whatever you want to say it. Um, And again, always shouts to Bobby B with his perfect six for six in first place,
1: (laughs) coming in at number 13. Bobby B is a fucking legend. He's a fucking legend in Gin Alley. I was just talking about Bobby B the other day. Well, why Um, wouldn't you be? Well, I was talking about Mark Addy. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. We, I can't remember how this conversation came up, but we were talking about a night's tale. No, <laughs> fuck, man. Go watch a night's tale, <laughs> Mark <everybody>. Addy. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about who, like, like fan castings for Harry Potter characters, mm-hmm. and are they it dawned like on remaking? me that Mark Addy would be a great, uh, a great Hagrid. I feel like
0: I could see that. Might I be, could totally see that. You don't think he's? Well, no, probably not. He's probably not too old for Hagrid
1: these days. I don't think so. Hmm. I think I think he'd be so fun. He's so charismatic. He is. It's absurd. He and, is. Like he, it would be just be so enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, it'd be very different, obviously, from what we see here in this show. Yeah. But, no, for uh, sure. But Mark Addy could fucking do it, man. He, he could absolutely great. do it. I can see that.
0: I can absolutely see that. Anyway.
1: Cool. Well, that's our Who Be Thrown in the stats. Um, yeah, man. Again, we can't say this yes, enough. Jenna, Jenna for uh, real. Truly a legend. Legendary wannabe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for always supporting and doing what you do. You
0: saved me so much work. Oh, real quick. Something I forgot. I was going to go back to it, but then I forgot. Uh, the biggest episodes where Zach and me differed because our running joke oh. was... We always agree on everything. Right. So a two differential, two point in our rating differential was the biggest we ever had. One was in uh, the season eight, season episode seven. one. Oh, okay. A Winterfell, which I gave an eight. Zach did not like it nearly as much as I did. He gave it a six. And then one... <laughs> This is a weird one. Stormborn, I gave a two, which is the season seven, episode two, and Zach gave a four. Uh, Dragonstone, also the premiere of season seven, I gave a four, and Zach gave a six. So at most, it looks like three total episodes, we had a disagreement
1: factor of two. Right. You know, it's just, I mean, that's one of the things about like, like people, I mean, I'm I know that people- understand that like you and i are best friends mm-hmm. but like we really truly do we think we similarly <laughs> we just we value so much like so much of the same yes. things yes you know like yeah i mean i obviously that's that's what grew our relationship yeah. to get to a point where we're like man we could talk about shit for a long time it's true let's do that yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Yeah. We don't Um, do
0: this podcast for our health guys. We do it because we generally (laughs) enjoy talking about this shit.
1: (laughs) It's, it's wild. You know, uh, I think we may have told this story and I'll, I'll make this super short, but like one of the, one of the best memories I have of doing basically this just before we had a podcast was, uh, you all, if you've listened for a while now, you, you know that Scott and I used to work in a retail store together. We used to work in a furniture store. Uh, and, some of our other best friends also worked with us. It was, it was just such a great time. And, uh, Scotty and I were managers, so we, we were there late. Do you remember this? We were there so oh late, God. probably to like-
0: Multiple times this happened.
1: Which, well, I mean, yeah, we, yeah. we were there, we were there very late often, but there was one time specifically all of us were there. Yeah. Like, uh, Shouts Jake to was the boys. there, Chaz was there, we were playing, uh, <laughs> We were playing uh, frisbee, frisbee golf, frisbee golf hell, in yeah. the store because we're fucking legends. Yeah, we are. And we were there probably till like midnight or one in the morning. Store closed at seven or eight. Eight. Uh, yeah. and uh, it turned into a discussion about Star Wars for like hours, mm-hmm. guys. We we were. This is back when the trailer for the Last Jedi came out, and we were just speculating for fucking hours on things, on everything.
0: What a time to be alive. God man. Before the last Jedi came out and ruined my life. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> yes. What dude. what what sweet innocent
1: young children's we were, young lads. But man, we we were making lists about like best vehicles, oh, best yeah. like uh uh lightsaber duelists. Like it was just like it was this is just what we yeah, do in
0: case this is your first episode we are giant nerds so <laughs> spoiler alert there uh let's are we ready to jump into the like listener feedback is that where we want to go next
1: i think i think we do yeah i think let's go listener feedback next and then we'll talk about uh, some other big picture yeah, items. Big
0: picture kind of towards the end of the, the series kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, are we just going in order here? You, you gave me a list here.
1: You, you pick one. Okay. You pick one. It oh, doesn't we're matter.
0: Picking and choosing.
1: Sure. Um, well, I mean, these are the ones that I kind of picked through already. Right. So we'll probably get, hopefully we get to all of okay. These. this. Okay.
0: Uh, this, should we start with this big one from Sarah? Cause there's a lot here. I don't know if we <laughs> want to read this whole thing or kind of g- glean
1: she uh, she wrote an
0: essay and she she admitted self-admitted to such but there's a lot
1: of good stuff in here so yeah let's just go like point by point there and just address quickly okay
0: um all right so i'll read this so this is uh addressed to zach but i'm reading it as well thank you sarah uh <laughs> she says hot minute listening to every single episode uh uh feels weird for a chapter to come to end, especially since I started at the beginning. You guys have done so well. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. We um, love you. She's been waiting for this since you guys started Game of Thrones. She says, I wanted to share how you have completely flipped my perspective on the Bells episode. Keeping in mind, I've only seen the series once, and it usually takes me a few goes to really sink in and absorb content. To emphasize, not a filthy common. Just suck at focusing. I love that she put that in there. That's very funny.
1: I appreciate that you did that because we would have we would have called you out. Yes, true. <laughs> Zach <laughs> loves to call people filthy. Comments. Oh my god.
0: Uh she says, Now, never have I thought that the turn, the quote unquote turn came out of nowhere. It was well set up and foreshadowed. My issue was always with the moment the bells rang, the surrender, and how that seemed to be the trigger for her to suddenly rage. From the start of the pod, I intended to message with my feelings on the subject, being that they could have had the turn come from the moment Rhaegal went down, and that could be the trigger for her to say, fuck this, I'm a burn everything, rather than that being the episode before. It never, it never made sense to me that the surrender was the trigger. After listening to this episode, this is my new take. I've now realized the emotional state she must have been in with all those close to her either dead or had betrayed her. The realization across the few episodes that she she would never be loved and also the few comments she made something along the lines of if I can't rule by love it'll be by fear and her not promising to let them surrender which you guys touched on and I don't think I ever picked up on I never thought that maybe that decision the turn happened way earlier and she always intended to burn them all uh just on Furch watch, it seems so odd to me so she moves on to some other stuff but let's let's <clears throat> let's address this
1: Yeah. So first off, thank you for sending this in and thank you for, uh, being so open-minded. Yeah. Open mind. First off, that's, that's just so nice. You know, when, when you, when you're truly passionate about something and you get to share your thoughts and like, you're willing to, to, to say, you know what, I think that that actually fits better and I can agree with that and accept that. And you know, uh, that's awesome. And you guys have probably seen that happen a few times on the podcast between Scotty Mm -hmm. and I, uh, and it's, it's what makes the best conversations I feel like. So thank you for that. Uh, the second thing is, uh, as as I was reading this, one of the things that kind of dawned on me, aside from it like fitting narratively for her character, we also have to understand and appreciate that Game of Thrones is telling more than one story at a time. Yeah. So had this like turn happened earlier. It would have been hard to have, like, the really sound resolutions of characters like Varys, uh, who had to do, like, you know, like, basically betraying her mm-hmm. and getting his execution, essentially. Uh, Tyrion's betrayal by discussing it all with Varys and then, you know, going to, to Jaime and setting him free and or, like, you know, tr- trying to help him get out. I feel like it would have been harder for, like, all of those pieces surrounding Daenerys to have had those resolutions had they made her turn happen earlier. Um, it could have made for cool storytelling. There could have been cool stuff after the turn, like repercussions and people trying to fight sure. with Daenerys. For sure. Uh, I just don't think that that's the story that was being told.
0: No, I agree. Um I I agree with pretty much uh, everything Sarah is saying here. Obviously, we talked about a lot in the Bells episode. Um To me, it was it was honestly just handled really well and beautifully because i feel like you could see the in the few previous episodes and especially in that episode you could see her slowly losing her grip and then you get things like uh you know obviously Miss Sande dying is a big one the conversation she has with John where John basically you know, she feels she basically confronts John about his quote unquote betrayal by telling Sansa and Arya. Um, and yeah, like when she says, if I can't rule by love, you know, it'll rule by fear. Whatever she said, it was something to that effect. Like Sarah says, um, I, I think so many people view this as, uh, Oh, she heard the bells and decided to burn everything. And I, I don't think you're paying attention or watching the same show I am
1: because the, the, I, dude, I, that's, I just, I feel so strongly about that.
0: <laughs> I know. It's just it's, like, it's so frustrating. She never once told Tyrion that she would stop when the bells rang. And I think that's extremely telling. And I, I just, I cannot stress enough the emotional state that this human being has to be in like she is beyond her last like you know yeah sanity right now and she just you know she has is in an obviously extremely powerful position she is riding a nuclear weapon more or less and she wants to instill fear she wants to hurt things the way she has been hurt and i think while that may not have been the ending that a lot of people wanted for her i think it is at the very least regardless of whether you like it or dislike it i think it is a very like it is a very powerful and interesting storytelling choice that that's the direction that they went uh could there, could there have been, I don't want to say build up to that moment. Uh, no, see,
1: because, because that's, that's the thing, man, is like, if, if any of you out there have ever known somebody who, who struggles with uh, any type of like uh, mental illness mm-hmm. or, or, or anything that would possibly put you in a state like this, it is rarely a visible buildup, sure. Although there is a visible buildup, right. but more often than not, it is a single moment in time, and it and it just turns. Yeah. It just happens. Yeah.
0: Um. The dam breaking, so to speak.
1: Yeah, and and it is. There's something super real about this. And yeah. what's what's so what's so wild to me, dude, is that like you can. I mean, we can even just back up, even away from Game of Thrones, but just when we're consuming fiction sometimes even nonfiction it's it's just it's happening in this make-believe place in our brain that i feel like people just like remove the real element to it right like like this is a make-believe woman Mm -hmm. on make-believe dragons uh you know in a make-believe world and so the the turmoil and the emotional state that she's in is not validated or at least acknowledged sure sure and, and and how it can affect them uh, and they look at it as like, well, this is my hero and this is what should happen. yeah yeah because they're my hero um which I, I think is is it's it's okay and valid to want that, yeah, but it I think it's the more emotionally responsible and mature thing to do to actually just acknowledge like what is this person actually going through
0: Yeah no, I agree it's, it's wild man i I think what a lot of it comes down to and uh. Somebody in the Discord shared a video and I have I I had seen it before and I I had prior to us doing this I had gone back and I had watched several videos of people, you know, that uh for lack of a better term were dumping all over season 8 and how terribly it's written and blah blah, blah. cuz I just I just wanted to see like a different angle, a little bit different perspective. Yeah. And Honestly, so much of what I saw just came down to like I really feel like it's it's people just disliking where Daenerys's character went. Yeah. And where where she ended. Right. And I thought about is this because do I like it because I didn't like Danny originally? I wasn't on the Danny hype train. And now you know, at the end it's you know, oh, she's the bad guy. And I don't think that's the case. Like, there may be some bias there. But honestly, like like we talked about all through season eight, I found her way more interesting uh, as a character, like, through that entire season. And I think a lot of it, and we touched on this briefly, a lot of it has to do with she's just with better, more interesting characters once she's in Westeros. Oh, yeah. Like 100%. There is, there was no one when she's in the East that she can have good scenes. Other than Varys and Tyrion. Right. Well, Tyrion has his worst seasons when he's over there, so he doesn't really right. count. Varys, sure. It's the plague of the East. Man. It really is the plague of the East. Berriston and her had a couple good scenes, but I I really tried, and I think somebody else touches on this uh, in our listener feedback, but you know, I really tried to stay objective and, you know, give her props were due. And I, I truly did regardless of whether or not I wanted her to win or lose. I just think it's, it's a, it's a interesting character moment for her. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So
1: yeah, I agree completely. dude.
0: Um, anything more about that before we
1: hit the rest of Sarah's thing? No. Okay. Uh, no, I think that's everything. Let's let's finish uh, up. Early.
0: So this is also from Sarah. She says another thought I had was on the scene with John and Tyrion in the final episode. I was always so frustrated that John c- kept insisting she's my queen. I feel like he has always been loyal, but never that blind. He seemed like he just wanted to sweep it under the rug and move on. He kept trying to defend her, justifying it saying she wasn't her father when she clearly just proved she is. Of course, he was torn about the entire situation because of his feelings for her and was likely trying to talk himself out of making that decision, but to keep saying, my queen, doesn't seem true to his character. I felt you guys took so much issue with him bending the knee, but not with how he devoted how devoted he is to her after all that happened. Uh, I think there's some validity to this. Uh, specifically, maybe us not calling him out enough um but my thought on this was that i would like to compare john to jamie a little bit here and that he loves her and he's yes he has never been that blind like he's loyal but never been that blind before uh you know he kind of was with egret the same
1: way because he's in love and that's. Just kind of the way that goes. That that is, man. It's like this story shows so many elements of real love. Yes. Uh as a whole. And this this is, I think, an example of that. I mean, as convoluted as their relationship is or becomes, uh, you know, you just you don't just stop loving somebody. Right. And I think there's another element too that like because I, I I do think that there's some validity to what Sarah's saying here. Right. But I think one thing that and and obviously for for Sarah listening and for everybody else listening and watching like this is not meant to convince anybody of anything like this is just I think the way that I perceived this or digested this, but I I don't think it was unlike John's character to bend the knee no we we were just t- saying that he's an idiot Correct. for betting the yes. knee after she's already given him what he was asking for. No, 100%. 100%. Right? So it was just more like like dude you're an idiot, you uh, know. Yes. Uh another but, a- Sorry, go ahead. Oh. And whereas with with him backing her after she's you know done what she's done or going down that path at least uh He's now at a point where he he I think what is bigger to him in his loyalty mindset brain is keeping the pieces of this like alliance yes. that they've put together together correct because one once that falls apart it's it's a shit show yes and he's like dude like he's been done with this since before Battle of the Bastards Way, but yes a hundred you know it's since so, he's
0: been resurrected basically
1: he's like not nah, like. We just need to keep the peace and like, hopefully this will work itself yes. out. A hundred percent. Yeah. So that's, he, that's just kind of how I feel.
0: He wants there to be peace. He doesn't want to fight anymore. I also think another element of this that we did, I don't think we ever really touched on is I think there is some relief in John because John does not want to be king. Like John does, right. is not. That's not who he is. He doesn't want to rule. Nah, bro. That ain't me. Exactly. It has been thrust upon him, but honestly, I think there's an element of him bending the knee to Daenerys was like, thank God, it doesn't have to be me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will throw my weight behind her. I love her. She's hot. I'll throw something behind her. I will throw everything into her behind (laughs) is what he's thinking. And she can rule. That's great. Like- All the better for me. And I like you said, like him him being in denial in the final episode is like you said, he's trying to keep the peace. He's trying to hold this frag this the fragility of the seven kingdoms together. And there's also, I think, part of him that's like, well, if we try to get rid of her, they're gonna want me to rule again. And I don't
1: want that. Yeah. Obviously that can be a slightly more selfish idea for what john's archetype might be which is which is fine but like i at the end of the day he makes a decision that we think he is supposed to make right. based off of his honor right that doesn't uh, mean he
0: can't struggle with these things
1: right yeah right right but so he yeah makes, again
0: you know uh, he makes the decision in the end to do what john does you know right right exactly and again all that aside from the fact that yeah he's obviously very much in love with her so big struggles and I can see why like I can totally see why he would be quote-unquote trying to sweep it under the rug like Sarah said uh but in the end he knows he can't and that's why he does what he does uh I think oh yeah I think this is the last thing here so oh yeah this is where she calls out Zach I think yeah yeah because you're an idiot so I like I like I want to read this one Okay. um she needs i feel the need to call out your ass specifically i recall not a long ago you were whinging great word choice by the way i think if i recall
1: correctly i think sarah is australian okay
0: hell yeah whinging i i want to get whinging into my lexicon more it's such a good word uh also you do,
1: do <laughs> you a just lot. said lexicon <laughs>
0: up! <laughs> what the? Zach fuck? quit whinging. You were whinging on an episode saying that almost all the women characters were written with the trope of having to go through Helen back to become strong and powerful, which firstly I don't hundred percent agree with because you have characters like Marjorie, or Cersei, uh, Arya, Brienne, Yara, who are all powerful in their own way and didn't have to go through absolute shit fight. The
1: Sansa or Daenerys did
0: small quibble here. Like Arya went through some shit.
1: Like, Maybe not. To she th- saw her dad beheaded yeah. and lived homeless and then saw... Yeah, but okay. Uh, a no, lot of fine. these characters went through some shit. Again, maybe not to the
0: extent Sansa and Daenerys, but they went through some shit. Uh, so my quibble is, you said you hate that women have to go through all the struggles to become strong, yet when Brienne has been strong th- from the beginning, your literal words are, she's boring, not nuanced, and she doesn't struggle with enough, and she's not a broken character. Like, my dude... I had a giggle with Tom when I heard this being like, well, what does he want? Zach, would you like to respond?
1: Yeah. So first off, uh, thank you for calling it me out on my bullshit. I have some slight defenses here. Uh-huh. But- oh,
0: hold on. I should finish this. Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, I know this is a specific critique and that you went on to admit she probably deserves more respect,
1: but it made me laugh. So I thought I'd share. Sorry. I should have finished. Okay. That all right. All right. All right. Uh, some slight areas that I would like to defend. Okay. Um, I think for me, uh, Marjorie gets in, so you are correct in the fact that she did not have to go through a pile of shit in order to gain a position of power and or status. However, her arc does have her go through shit, sure right she um is to be wed to Joffrey. that's a nightmare. She gets imprisoned, watches her brother who she loves or basically her family get shunned and and basically she's like she's getting politically fucked sure it is not as uh there are degrees yeah sure there 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 are degrees and her story's still great. Um, I, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that, like, I felt like I was accounting for the fact that, like, well, Marjorie has to go, th- go through shit, even though it's later in her story. She also gets killed. Let yeah, me... True. Let, I mean, I would say that that's probably a bad go at it. That's probably uh, a bad go at it. <laughs> Cersei true. watches her children die one by one. Yeah. And emerges this, like, fucking... Uh, uh, in all black clad fucking dress that is like she, like she is reborn after her children are, are killed. So I, I do feel like that is pretty yeah. on the nose. And we know for the trope.
0: Arya definitely went through some shit. D- address the
1: Brienne one. That's, that's where so, I feel like this main so, criticism. Is. Yeah. So my issue is that almost all. <laughs> <laughs> Of the women of power seem to have, or or the the women of status, the women who kind of like hold the screen for a long time, uh, are, are put through some shit. Mm-hmm. And like sometimes it's okay to have a character who like does not have to be beaten down in order to be better or to be stronger okay. or whatever. And you are absolutely correct about Brienne. Brienne is a character that when I think of... When I think of characters that I love and enjoy in the show, like she's not a character that immediately comes to my mind, but she deserves a lot more respect than what I have given her, yeah, um, for sure. And and I feel like I I did well. I mean, you you mentioned this in your in your message, but like during this last season, we do talk quite a bit more about Brienne. She's still not a favorite character. She is a little like vanilla characters who are just like so noble and like f- good mm-hmm. like just like that like that like almost like naivete and like just that like she's just so pure is just simply a little boring to me you're describing
0: John a little bit though also
1: cause he's kind I mean, of that he's a little vanilla too yeah. but he does know how to do that thing with his tongue <laughs> So, True. And I don't know that Brienne knows anything about that. What I so. will say
0: is I feel like very specific. I don't know when uh, Sarah wrote this, but very specifically, as I recall in the last episode, uh, the Iron Throne, when you were talking about like Brienne's ending, like with her becoming uh, uh, Lord Commander of the Kingsguard and writing the book and everything, I you were talking about how like, hey, maybe I don't give Brienne enough credit because this this scene really touched I did, me. I did say that, yes. Yeah, you were saying something to that effect, like, this scene really touched me, and you know what, like, obviously, like, there's the bathtub scene and there's the Night of the Seven Kingdoms
1: Uh So really, scene. it's just her and Jamie, is what I love. Well,
0: it, maybe. It's, it's just I feel like every time we talked about her, you were all on board, but never really acknowledged it. So it's kind of just a weird thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, but either way, um, Sarah, you've done exactly what we asked. Yes. For. Uh, because she hit the assignment. Look, we talk, we talk for <laughs> fucking hours. So long. Every time we do one of these. <sighs> and there are 73 about this fucking show. So many. So. We knew that there's got to be a couple things in there that's like, nah, you kind of said this. Nah, I was didn't really make sense. I would just like
0: to point out that I'm pretty sure I never said anything to this sort, and I'm I'm just gonna disagree entirely because you're never
1: on the socials, and people don't feel like they're talking to you. Yeah, true. So anyway, I would just
0: like to say that in specifically in like dramas or a show of this type, I'm gonna be honest. I kind of want all my characters to be broken. Like if they're not broken and going through shit, I think they're kind of boring. Like, I'm gonna be Did honest. Did you think Elena was boring? Elena's been through some shit. It's implied. Okay. Yeah, that's a good example though. I I like her. She's old
1: though. It's I also different. I also don't think like I mean, would you say Tywin has like been through the fucking ringer? Um in a way, again, there are degrees. He
0: had to put up with his dumb shit father for forever. Yeah, but we don't we don't
1: experience that well, through the show. Yeah,
0: but I know about it, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, I've read the book, so I know about it. Uh, anyway, right, whatever. okay, you, you hit one.
1: What's us Yeah, all right. So let's do... Um, let's see here. Okay, this is a good one. All right, so Daniel sent this in. Okay. Uh, and th- these are his thoughts about Jamie Lannister having the best arc. Okay, that's that's Daniel's stance, is that Jamie Lannister that has the best Daniel's arc? That is Daniel's stance, okay, gotcha. yes. Uh, the change from seasons one to the last is remarkable. The show did a great job showing it from being the dick who pushes kid kids outside the, or out of the window, excuse me, which I agree is not good. Thanks for clarifying, Daniel. True, I thank really you. Appreciate yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a family podcast. <laughs> this is definitely- <laughs>
0: Edging, edging, edging.
1: Yes, edging. Uh, to forsaking the love of his life to uphold his promise to help defend the North and Westeros from the White Walkers. He still had that
0: edge. No, he still got that edge. My boy still got it.
1: He still had that edge to him, but I think after losing his hand and the subsequent issues that that they gave, not to mention his, wait, hold on. Can you read? I can't right now. Jesus, man, I'm having to Uh, strunk. Issues that they gave him, not to mention his relationship with Brienne, his eyes were open to uh, those issues and shortcomings of everyone now that he wasn't the perfect golden boy Lannister Mm. anymore. The scene in uh, the Harrenhal baths was the beginning of his arc. I don't completely agree with that, but... Uh, which, by the way... by Oh, man. Good call, Daniel. Which, by the way, is easily top three sh- scenes in the show. Correct. That's, that is correct, a, Daniel. That's a great take, Daniel. That is Daniel. correct. What I hate about his ending, though, is how he went back to be with Cersei as the Red Keep was collapsing. Uh, not to be the book show mm. comparison guy... But when we last see Jamie, he refused to go back to Keen's Landing because he was disgusted about her being with Lancel and the Kettleblacks. Obviously, they had to cut out that storyline, but I feel that they should have stayed somewhat true to that plot point. I'm not saying he should have been with Brienne because I would have preferred he be with my she, boy. I think Tor- oh, she. she yeah. I would have preferred that she be with my boy Tormund, <laughs> uh, but I would have liked to see him survive the end, or at least die protecting one of the Starks, as he was a key oh. component in the Stark Lannister war, and that would have been a perfect wrap to an arc.
0: Okay, I I have some thoughts and some follow up about this. You're very passionate about Jamie, yes. so I think you go first. I, I am extremely one. passionate about Jamie. Okay. Um, I kind of like his idea about protecting one of the Starks, uh, would kind of bring his story first full circle as far as like the brand thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that was kind of already accomplished when brand basically forgave him when brand, you know, didn't call his ass out and, you know, they had their little scene and that was kind of the end to that not to mention he shows up right to defend Winterfell. he shows up to defend the north which is symbolic of the starks yes
1: yes for sure
0: the thing and we ourselves were very torn even watching through this about jamie going back to cersei like we discussed it at length how we felt about it and I can't exactly remember, like, where we left it, but I think it's safe to say that we were conflicted. Correct?
1: Mm, I think we decided we loved it. Okay.
0: All right. Maybe we did. Well, if that's true, good on us, because I do love it, and I'm going to tell you why. And maybe we already talked about this, but I... I think think we did. Okay. Well, I'm going to say it again. Please do. I think what... Myself originally and other people wanted for Jamie's story is the more traditional, you know, fictional fantasy, like storytelling, you know, trope storyline, whatever you want to call it, where the bad character goes through this big redeeming arc and, you know, it's fully redeemed and comes out the other side or maybe dies in the effort of redeeming himself, blah, blah, blah. What I have decided that I love about this is this is not that and is just actually way more real. I think all of us, you know, know, have known people that or have seen the type of people who just can't quit, like, super toxic relationships, and that's exactly what this is and i think it's just way more
1: true to life yeah and we also we also compared it we have a great discussion on this topic in in that episode so everybody can go listen to that if good, whatever
0: like. episode is right after the long night it's gotta be
1: right so no it's that no it's no, oh, yeah, night of the no knight of the Seven Kingdoms ends it's, with him knighting her, so it's the one after that.
0: No, because that's the fight episode. It's got, I think it's Last of the Starks. Uh, you
1: might be right. Yes, because the Long Night is the battle. It's got to be Last of the Starks. Yes. Okay. So, um, we have a great discussion about this, and did I just I, summarize I, I, what we had already said, mm, basically? In, in a way, in, in a way, yes. Okay. Uh, you. <laughs> I, d- I do really like your comparison to, um, an abusive or toxic, mm-hmm. uh, relationship. Uh, but another thing that we compared it to in that discussion was uh, seeing somebody struggling with addiction. Oh, true.
0: Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's it's just it is it is real. I love that you say that. You know, um, you know, I've I've seen friends unfortunately who have struggled with those types of things. And it is not always sunshine and rainbows right. at the end of it. It is not always get better. People relapse. People go through that. Um, there's also a huge part of his arc where I feel like, in a way, he has felt like he has redeemed himself. He's done,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, his he's upheld his oath right. to protect people the people of westeros right the living he
0: fought on the side of the living
1: now he can now he finally gets to be in control of of how he chooses to go sure uh and whether it's a relapse if we're going to go with that analogy or um you know somebody going back to uh, an abusive partner um he loves cersei yeah. and that that switch unfortunately just simply does not turn off uh, and he realizes now this fight is coming to her, and the woman that I love, and my unborn child, yeah, are at, going to die. Yeah, I mean, what I mean, truly, like t- take aside, you know, the incest storyline, the the love that you see him have with Brienne. <clears throat> Think about somebody who is, who has a partner that they're in love with, toxic or not, who is having a child. And they know that they're going to die. Are they just going to sit around? Yeah, they're not. No, you know, it's it's just a very real depiction. And I get that it's not epic fantasy storytelling, right? Um, but boy, it definitely strikes an emotional chord yes. for me. Like, I watching it is an emotional experience.
0: And I think this is this is like the inverse of the Daenerys thing. Like, yes, Jamie is one of my favorite characters, and would I like to see him get a happy ending? Well, yes, part of me does because I love him. Sure. But to me, for me personally, I will always lean towards and be more okay with the interesting storytelling choice rather than the happy ending. Some of my favorite endings in like other fiction or movies or whatever are like, Unhappy endings. Like I think about the ending of like Gladiator or Shutter Island, you know, where it's like these are not good happy endings, but they are very interesting and emotional endings. And that is what I will personally always lean towards and prefer. Like I like I said, I think that's the inverse of the Daenerys thing where people wanted her to be in power and to win and have the happy ending. And if you wanted that, that's fine. I'm sorry you didn't get it, but I loved her ending because I feel it was truly the more interesting storytelling choice, right? And I feel the same way about Jamie. Yes, yeah,
1: I agree completely, man. And I, I think one thing for me that whether it's the Daenerys conversation, the Jamie conversation, or really anything else, almost anything else, there's some things that are unforgivable. But, sure. Yes. Uh, I think what I just. Like I think language is important to me, and this is just this is a small quibble, and this is a personal thing. Like it's it's a it's a me thing, but language is important, and it 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 truly grinds my gears when people say that something is inherently bad, oh, because they true. didn't like it, yeah. Like I, and this is like again, this is a me thing, but like even to the extent that when when a friend says, "Hey Zach, what is I don't know what's like." your favorite three songs ever and i will always ask are you asking me for my personal favorite or are you asking me what i think are the best you know what i mean like there there is there's a a line of like you got to be objective about some things yeah you know um and and at least challenge yourselves to see like what was the storytelling direction here the intention here does it work if i look at it through that lens and can i appreciate that and if at the end of it you're like, no, I still hate it, then that's fine. But I just don't think that a lot of people like put themselves in that headspace uh when they are I think when they're so close to something. Yes. Right? When they're when they're passionate about something like that. So.
0: And it's 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 not easy. Like, you know, like
1: objectivity it's, it's not easy, guys. We're way better than that. Well, guys. no, that's <laughs> what
0: I'm saying. Like, I'm as guilty of it as anyone when I when I will say things like, you know. Oh, well, it's an opinion. Your personal opinion can't be wrong. And then I find myself turning right around and be like, oh, you like that movie or that band? You're an idiot. They suck. Yeah. And it's uh-huh. like, I'm as a hundred percent It's because you're an
1: elitist asshole, Scott. Well,
0: true. There is that. <laughs> but I'm I'm just as much guilty about it. Uh being objective is difficult. It's extremely yeah. difficult.
1: Sure. And I
0: think we have tried our damnedest to to stay as objective as possible on this. And I feel like a lot of the complaints I see out there about season eight come down to, well, Daenerys didn't win. So I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, And if you want to call out the other myriad problems, which we did call out, and I think we'll still get to some more here. That's totally fine. But to say everything went to shit is just, I think dishonest, right. and, like and intellectually dishonest. Let us,
1: dishonest. L- let, let us uh, clarify here that is that is to the masses yes no 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 uh, obviously that is not yeah, yeah. we know that that is not your take uh Daniel I'm I'm a- sorry and also I'm referencing no, yeah.
0: like the other videos I said I watched like to, to sure. get the opposite perspective yeah yeah sorry about that uh
1: so yeah Daniel um I I think that Jamie Lannister is a strong candidate for best Arc uh I don't know honestly if I'm being totally real i don't know if you were to put me on the spotlight right now if i could give you yeah. who i think it has the best arc but i think that you've got some pretty sound reasoning jamie lancer is a is truly a, a strong contender in that in that discussion
0: i think he's like easy for easy top three and he might be might be number, number one. one like i think yeah. that is a strong take that to address yeah. the the kettle blacks thing and your thing about the book to that, I just got to say, I, I know you said not to be the book show comparison guy, but yeah, it's, and I do it too. Again, I'm just as guilty of this. It's, you you really can't because, compare him because the Kettle Black storyline was completely cut. um, And we haven't seen the end of that. Like, yes, the last we saw, Jamie refused to go back, but who's to say, you know, if George- when he
1: finds out that that his lover- Right. Who potentially is carrying his child. Well, it's, yeah, it's very different in the books, but... Right, no, I understand. But,
0: but yes, who's to say down the line in some fantasy universe where George finishes the books uh, <laughs> that he doesn't yeah. go back to her at the end? So... Right. Again, who's to say? With Without having finished that, we have no way of knowing, so all
1: right uh well, thank you for submitting that yes daniel.
0: thank you daniel i think you are spot on about many things uh especially the bath scene being easy for easy top three all right um my turn pick one sure yeah um ba-ba-ba-bum. oh this is a quickie i do think this is funny this is from uh gisella i hope i'm pronouncing that right Um, Hey, y'all, you've got to watch Red Notice on Netflix. I loved when y'all were going in on Ed Sheeran about being on GOT. Ed Sheeran just came on this movie for like one minute and makes the dumbest yet funny comment about Game of Thrones. Uh, I will say it's at the one hour, 45 minutes in Enjoy. I'm pretty sure I have seen this movie. It's the one with The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and um, the love of our life. What's her name? Is that Uh, Jennifer Lawrence in that? No, 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 it's uh, Wonder Woman. What is that actress's name?
1: Oh, Gal Gadot. Gal
0: Gadot. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's that oh. movie, The Love of Our Life. Yes. Um, yeah. And I well, do I don't remember this. I was I meant to go and rewatch it. Anna I apologize. Darmis
1: is is maybe the <sighs> love of my life right yeah, now? All, both of them. Honestly. Um, Jesus.
0: But yes, I do remember seeing this, and it, it was very funny. Uh, I meant to go and watch that. I apologize. Uh, maybe we'll have to watch that and then make another comment about it. But. Uh, I do, I, it was very fun going on on Ed fucking Sheeran, because that was, listen, that was a dark time in in Game of Thrones.
1: Yeah. That
0: was season seven, right? Or no, was that, that season eight?
1: No, that was season seven. Has to be season seven, right? Yeah. Surely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to go down just beneath Uh, Gisela. Okay. This is a two-parter. Okay. And it's a big one. It'll be a good conversation. Well, uh, hold on. Actually, I feel like that may be what we finish with. Let's go back up to the top. Let's go um Caitlin sent something in. Uh this will be a short discussion. Okay. Caitlin's asking uh what are some of our favorite and least favorite moments for some of the main characters, for example, Jon, Daenerys, Cersei, Sansa, Arya, Tyrion, whoever else we may mm. want.
0: Okay. Um, I like this one w- let's, let's let's limit maybe... it to those that she listed because I think those uh, okay, are I... the main characters sure okay John Danny Cersei Sansa Arya Tyrion was there anyone you wanted to add or cut
1: no I uh, no, I think this is good yeah let's okay. do this so do you is there anything that just immediately jumps to the front of your mind
0: Um, interestingly enough for
1: John because he's the first
0: one here Mm-hmm. A, a favorite moment to me that stands out is is just I mean basically the entire uh, Watchers in the Wall episode oh, where he yes. kind of has to take command and comes into his own and and yes also just goes badass mode and kicks some ass uh but then losing Igret like. I know it's tough to call it basically an entire episode affair. It's John, like he's going to have a lot. It's just, that's yeah. the first thing that popped into my head is just him taking command. Basically, you know, not officially
1: yet, but effectively taking commands of the night's watch for the first time in that episode. John's is the one that immediately came to the front of my uh, mind. Uh, for me, it, it has got to be when he sentences Janos Slint to death. That's it. Yeah, that's another one I was thinking of. That's so oh good. Oh my god. So that good. whole that whole scene is so fucking cold. It's dude. so it's good. So Ed <laughs> fetch me a
0: fucking block. It's the best.
1: Dude, it's so good. I and think actually that's, like that's Alistair Thorne's book, not that. Uh even uh Alistair Thorne like letting him go yeah, like yeah oh, it's just it's all so good man it's a fantastic That's a good scene
0: one. do any
1: least favorite come to mind um, for John for you honestly okay this one is stupid because it's not like a character <laughs> decision it's just it is a moment that I hate <laughs> the first image that we see of John after he's been imprisoned for months in the last episode I was just with the
0: thinking- beard <laughs> what did we <laughs> call him the 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 artist formerly known as john Just snow <laughs> <in that scene? laughs>
1: it's fucking terrible he looks like shit i hate it i was thinking that that exactly. beard looks so bad it's it's, great. it's fucking terrible i'm man. sure there are others
0: but that was recent and that that popped in my mind as well all right uh daenerys i think i think it's the bells the turn in the bells, easy-freezy, my favorite moment for really? her. Really?
1: Okay, I think for me it's when she's when she burns the, the masters, like when she pulls the old okay, sure. razzle-dazzle with yeah. Drogon. I
0: mean, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. Uh, least favorite? Yikes. Uh-
0: <laughs> least favorite is uh, the reason I started to dislike her from the beginning of the show and the book. Ooh. It's when she makes the decision to let a fucking witch uh, heal her husband. Uh, I've Ugh, yeah, that's my least favorite Danny moment for sure. That 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 put her so far into the negative for me is it was real hard for her to <laughs> to, to climb out. Yeah. Don't um, fuck with witchcraft, Danny.
1: I don't know least favorite moment with Daenerys. Um, can I just say? What is the city that marine, she stays in? All of marine. All of marine. Yeah, fair.
0: That's totally
1: fair. <laughs> uh, yeah. I just don't. Ugh, man. Or you know, honestly, I, I also don't enjoy her stuff in Carth at all.
0: Oh yeah, it's like it's, that... it's not that bad though. Like it's not good but I don't find that sure like I mean offensively that's yeah terrible. I
1: to be honest I can't really think of a specific moment that I'm like oh, god damn it Danny I mean, I mean
0: I'm sure there's probably plenty but yeah there's there's a lot I know but I can't <laughs>
1: think of like a specific one uh what about
0: when oh I just thought of another one when John comes to treat with her and she was being just like oh a total bitch ultra bitch like that's a, yeah that's a being good. a hypocritical <laughs> asshole up there she is a
1: fuck i mean but she was also like peacocking you know she like,
0: was but she's like hey don't hold me responsible for the sins of my father also your dad was your dad. friends <laughs> with a real fucker okay
1: <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's very true that Just is back to back really annoying you know what okay i know what my answer is choose any moment that she gets upset with jora for trying to counsel her. Any of those. All of those, so fucking you frustrating. You hate Jorah, though. I No, I know, and this isn't because I like Jorah. This is because I fucking hate insufferable whiny brats, mm. and that is what she is in those yeah, moments. Okay, fair enough.
0: Uh, Cersei, ooh. Again, ooh. this is pretty recent. But a scene that immediately jumps out to me is shockingly the end of season seven when her and Jamie have their blow up and Jamie leaves. Uh when she's like, I always knew you were the stupidest Lannister and basically is like, Yeah, I'm playing their dumbasses. I ain't going nowhere.
1: Yeah. Uh that's your favorite or your least favorite?
0: No, that would be one of my favorites. Like I Oh.
1: Yeah. No? Cersei's first he's cersei's favorite best moment to me is easy
0: like oh light of the seven
1: yeah yeah It it is it it, it has to be the the burning of the set. i mean you're right it's just because not only is it this massive accomplishment that she's doing but it it's also she's getting a montage of her getting dressed in that true fucking, yeah uh new outfit and she looks yeah. real good, man. I mean, Lena Headey listen. fucking slays that shit. Yeah, she does.
0: Listen, you're right, but for variety's sake, I'll say I'll I'll stick to mine, the season 7 thing. Like I I I adored that scene. Uh I think it was great. And again, I think she her playing the shit out of them was phenomenal. So, especially Tyrion. She played the fuck out of Tyrion.
1: Yeah. It's hard for me to hate the the moments that Cersei upsets me because they're so, like, in in her case, they're s- such character builders. Yeah, true. So, like, I appreciate them for, like, her character, but I will still say that, like, when when her and Tyrion are going through, like, political warfare, basically, while he's Hand of the King, there's a lot of moments where she's just, like, a super bitch to Tyrion. Yeah. And those those kind of get me worked up a little.
0: For bit. for Lee's favorite, I was gonna say, I'll, I'll agree to that. I was gonna say any moment with she has with Euron, although I'm not sure that's <laughs> entirely her fault. But
1: okay, no, 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 that's that is
0: the correct answer. Um, <laughs> one other real quick, oh, man, there's a lot of interesting moments I like. Uh, season one, her completely show created conversation with Bobby B, is oh, fantastic.
1: Yes, the one about Liana.
0: Yes. Well, about their marriage holding the kingdom together, the and yeah, and the
1: joke. Yes. Yes. Oh my god, yes. dude! It's so good. Such a great scene. Yes. Um, good call. Yes, man. I had forgotten about season that. Season one rules.
0: Uh, Sansa, favorite scene.
1: Okay, it's a short moment, and her this new outfit, be- her drip at the end of season four. Yes. I knew you were going to say that. Yes. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the fucking most um borderline misogynistic (laughs) uh way borderline but the moment that stands out for me is when i see her in that new outfit and i am just floored with how fucking good she looks um Uh, and that's that's super fucked for me to say i know but true it I think, just I jumps think her,
0: out. her drip is better at the end of the series, like when she's getting crowned as queen of the No, North. you're right.
1: You're right. It it is really although good
0: it's then. it's it's more of a statement like her it is her because so
1: do- she also dyes her hair yeah, black. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, yeah. yeah, damn. And she's like coming out of her being
1: cage and she's
0: doing just fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she's finally starting to take control, is what I was trying to say <laughs> of her own yeah. destiny. Instead of just being, you know, a victim as she was for the first three and a half seasons, um, man, my favorite Sansa, uh, I think it's got to be the end of Battle of the Bastards when she gets her revenge on Ramsay. Like
1: that was just,
0: that was
1: that's a great pick, tough to
0: watch, but just like really satisfying for her. I'm sure. Well, listen, it's not easy for her anyway, but. It was still just good and powerful.
1: Yeah. Um, least uh, favorite. I mean, I I think this is also kind of like I don't know that there's a specific moment, but like early, early, early Sansa is annoying oh, to watch yeah. until true. she starts to kind of like grow up a bit. True, true. Um, pick any of the moments where she's like, "Joffrey is my love. Yeah. Like I I'm destined to be with him. You know, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. That's a good call. Let's shake to that." okay aria Aria.
0: oh geez um any that's so hard for her because i could pick a her and tywin moment i could pick a her and the hound moment i could pick her and yoren i could pick uh her and honestly her and ned have a couple really good scenes
1: yikes man yeah these are this is tough um
0: I I think I'm going to go with and it's just, I, I I'm going to be honest it's mostly because it's one of the scenes we quote the
1: most is when what the fuck salami? What? What the fuck salami?
0: No, I do love that. Oh god, that one's also so
1: good. I mean that's a hound. That's a hound Yeah, scene. true.
0: No, uh well this is <laughs> I mean this is also a hound scene. It's when and I think it's it's where she starts to really learn from the hound is when he wakes up and she's practicing her water dancing and he goes over and you know is being a shit and makes fun of her and you know the greatest swordsman alive was killed by Baron fucking Trent and yeah he just kind of shows her what's what and i feel like that's where she really starts to learn more from him um uh, that's an impossible. I could pick a dozen other Arya scenes though, but I'll, I'll go with that one.
1: Yeah. I think, um, I think for me, oh, man, it, I think it's gotta be the scene where she's talking with Tywin and she, he makes mention of, uh, Baleri on the, the black mm. dread and she does not let him get out of that conversation yeah. without telling him about, about the sisters. Yeah. um, it's just, it's such a good, like you want to know what type of person Arya is. That's what type of person she yeah. is. Like, those are her heroes. Like, she loves yeah, powerful true. women. I. It's it's such a good moment. I think
0: it's a very good. Uh, Arya least favorite. Her
1: talking to Ed Sheeran. <laughs> okay. I thought I sold you on the whole like, it's a human moment. She's got to get back to being a human. Fuck off with that shit. No, uh, okay. Uh, I think it's got to be uh, her cleaning bodies in I season was just, five. Yeah,
0: the, anything in the house in the black and white is not great. Um, I'll stick with her and Ed Sheeran. No. <laughs> 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 or okay. oh, sh- some of the, no. What about some of the stuff with between her and Sansa and Winterfell? Also, very, very bad when they're having their spat, their pretend oh. spat or maybe not pretend spat. Who knows? Yeah. All right. Tyrion. Last one. Favorite Tyrion. That's also tough.
1: Uh, I think favorite Tyrion for me has got to be uh, Battle of Blackwater.
0: Oh, yeah. That's tough to beat.
1: Yeah. That's that's inc- I mean, there's incredible like politicking from Tyrion, which are also strong yep. contenders. Yep when he is Hand of the King, but, um, yeah, that, that is what stands out immediately, is, is Battle of Blackwater for
0: me. That is an excellent choice, and I was thinking that, but I'll, I'll, I'll go to another one just for some variety, um, him and Jamie's conversation right before, uh, uh, the about Viper, the Viper the and bugs? the Hound, they the the, ma- yeah, about the bugs, about Cousin, Cousin Oren, uh, Oren, was it Oren? Um, I-
1: think it was what about his trial though too Uh, yeah i
0: mean again there are so many for a lot of these characters there's so many you could pick the trial uh the actually the conversation he has with although that one's more oberon uh
1: when oberon's telling the story about meeting him as a kid but there's a lot honestly a lot What about his conversation with uh tywin on the on the privy
0: Uh, I was going to say, I think the one I like more is for Tywin is when he comes to Tywin and asks him for, uh, uh, not Lannisport, uh, Casterly Rock.
1: Oh, oh, God damn. Like that's,
0: I think that's my favorite Tywin and Tyrion scene. And there are a lot of good ones of those.
1: Man. Yeah. Uh, least favorite. Marine Marine, again. Just, <laughs> yeah, just blanket put Marine. A, put a a dartboard of Marine scenes and just throw the dart. Specifically, I have one
0: very specific advice. Specifically, oh, okay. when he is negotiating with the Masters and uh, even Grey Worm and Missande, who are not characters I like, adore, but even they're like, You're a fucking idiot for dealing with these people. Yes, like, what are you doing? Yes, and he's like, No, 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 no. I I got this. I got this. I'm going to send some, some prostitutes their way and it'll all be good. And Tyrion, you have never been fucking dumber in your life. That's, that's my least favorite Tyrion moment for sure. Ah, that was a good one. That was a lot of good discussion there. Uh, is it my turn? Yes. Okay. Uh, I think we just got a couple more here. um, Oh, we're saving the Hannah one for last then? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this one from Ray. Uh he says, Okay, my spicy hot take is that the first four episodes, I think he's talking about a season eight, of season eight are fine, and the last two are just straight garbage, even though they foreshadow uh the fuck out of both Jamie's ending with Cersei and Danny going batshit crazy. I'm glad he acknowledged that. And I'm even okay with her going batshit crazy because I thought it would have been a unique way to end it since her dad was the Mad King and it was about him being overthrown and whatnot. And it ends with her being the Mad Queen. Crazy twist on things, but IMO, not the happy ending. And I'm still mad they made John kill her. Um, so I'm. he's saying the first four episodes are fine, but the last two are garbage but he missed. despite it being foreshadowed despite them being foreshadowed
1: he just doesn't like what happened okay i think is well then but then he also says he thought it would have been a unique way to
0: end it since her dad was the mad king and with her being the mad queen crazy
1: twist i i have a feeling i think it's hinging more on the fact that he he's mad that john killed okay
0: you know that's fair he says i'm still mad they made john kill her
1: i so there was a... Um, man, I had wanted this for... I don't know that you and I ever really talked about this, but um, there was... Well, no, we, you and I talked about this several times, but we didn't talk about this on the podcast as as far as I can remember. But the whole prophecy, the Azor High prophecy and Lightbringer, like how Lightbringer was forged, uh, how it it finally gets... Uh, what is it called? You like set the steel? Uh, What's the right temper. term? Yes. Uh, they go through several tempering processes, and it doesn't work. And finally, Lightbringer is able to be tempered by by running the sword through the heart of his loved right. one. The blood, like basically, yeah. Tempers yes, it. the blood tempers the steel. Uh, and there were several theories floating around prior to season eight. Well, I, I mean, for for a long time actually, but. One of them being like, Oh, if it's if John is Azora High, then maybe he'll like he'll probably end up falling in love with Daenerys and like have to kill her and like yes, definitely. you know, he'll be the second coming of Azora High and like that'll be like sign like signifying like forging Lightbringer, and that is going to be how he defeats the the night king or whatever right like there was there's so many things floating around there's also the idea that maybe jamie could have been a High, and he would have had to do that to cersei like kill cersei Mm -hmm. and that would have been whatever so i don't know i guess i i never like to in my head uh, to be quite honest john was always going to kill daenerys like, yeah. like that was never an out of left field thing to me. Like even before her turn. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I just in well, my like head... Well, like if
0: she hadn't a turned, what would be the reason for her him killing her?
1: I maybe her trying to take over the north and him not mm. like him not bending the knee. This is prior to all of it. Sure, 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 sure. <clears throat> like in my head, John was gonna be the one to kill Daenerys. Particularly as it relates to like the Azora high prophecy, that may have been something that sparked it for sure okay that that that's why I was bringing it up like that's always been in the back of my mind, speaking of the Azora
0: high thing, that's another criticism I've seen a lot is that oh, they abandoned so many
1: plot lines,
0: and yeah. i th- my my response that's the to one that
1: I, I struggle to defend if I'm being honest, so i'm I'm well, very curious to what you have my to
0: say. response to that is. I think you're confusing some plot lines that they abandoned that are from the books that they did not go into in the show. Mm. Like the Azora High thing specifically, because I've seen a lot of people like, well, that j- they just kind of dropped that. In the show, that was always just kind of a Stannis thing. And yes, it yeah. was dropped when Stannis died.
1: Well, they do, but they do call John the Prince that was promised. Like well, uh, M- Mel does. Mel Mel calls calls him the Prince that was promised. But
0: I mean, that's that's Mel's thing. That's her religion and and what she believes. But it, I
1: I don't feel like it was ever. They never. So maybe never- that's why they drew that conclusion. Wait, say that again maybe that's why those people like people who it have the be. sentiment like drew that conclusion but
0: to me the show never leaned into that storyline like past stannis believes he is Azor high and mel believes stannis is Azor high and once he died that was kind of the end of that and okay. there are others i'm sure i'm forgetting like like the the quay thing i know is the one that people always bring up
1: yeah, I would have liked to see more there, but I I think that's just like that I feel like season 2 in Karth, they just
0: needed some shit to be <laughs> happening there. Yeah. Uh to be You're fair cuz right. nothing else was happening and I think that's again kind of another a more of a book storyline. I don't know. It's just a thought I had that I kind of wanted to address. I can't th- can you think of any others that bug um, you specifically? No, I
1: mean I I th- no so it's not really something that bugs me it's just like when i've had this conversation with other friends that is always the one that's like okay like take away the the azora high thing like none of that like just the show is positioning john to be the hero sure um and when it push comes to shove he's not the hero or he's not the or he's not the one that defeats the night king. The show's been positioning, building up their fight like that that whole idea, which I do again, you know, like I try and show humility mm-hmm. here, I try and show some objectivity here. I do struggle to defend that. And at the end of the day, it boils down to well, I'm not upset that that didn't happen right. and I and I can accept what did happen right. and still like it for what it is and how those pieces fit but i do think it's a valid like thing to be upset about
0: i think it's if you're really fixated and upset about that like i you know i'm not gonna sit here and tell you that you're wrong i found it incredibly like like an effective misdirect because as we talked about during that episode the long night uh I, when John is like pinned down by the undead dragon and I'm like, how is it's he going to get to the, the nice things, right? The suspense. How is this going to work out? I, I think I'd said that that was the moment I thought while we were watching it, it's like, Oh, this is where we find out that John is also fireproof and he's going to like run through the dragon flames to get there to kill the thing only to then, you know, it be Arya. like, Hey, my expectations subverted. And, in my mind an effective way that may not be true for everyone but sure also my feeling is that listen uh we got some reason some vindication for aria spending all that shit time in the house of the black and white so you know yeah. again maybe not the I, most I effective think... of storylines but at least there was some legitimacy and reason for it being
1: there right i uh I like my sentiment when I get this, these people who are saying, like, oh, they just abandoned that, or like John was being positioned to be like the main character, or this or that, or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, if you watched eight seasons of this show and you think yep. there's a main character, yep. you're watching the wrong fucking show. Also,
0: like, you are counting on traditional storytelling, like fantasy tropes. And in case yeah. you haven't noticed, uh, Game of Thrones kind of whole thing is subverting uh, like traditional fantasy tropes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't really have a
1: problem with that. And again, that's me. Yeah. Not We're not to here breathe. to convince anybody. Right. We're just, just want to, ch- if you feel that way, we would just like to challenge you. Right. It's when people just blanket say,
0: oh the writing was flat bad, like no, like right. objectively bad. And I just like, I don't think that's objective at all. Cause I just disagree. Anyway, we kind of yeah. got off. Uh, sorry, Ray, uh, the John killing her thing. I, I think I kind of like, I'm a little bit with Zach in that I didn't see it happening from that long ago, but I do agree. Once they got to a certain point, uh, once she, she, Burned the city, and John is walking through um, King's Landing and seeing the carnage. Like, there's no other way that can go down. Like, yeah. I, if you want to say they should have changed things
1: before that to avoid that, sure. But I think what I'm more curious about, the more I think about Ray's message here, is like, if, if, did, if you, if I'm understanding your message, your message correctly. If you are okay and like that, she became the Mad Queen, and how just like the Mad King had mm-hmm. to be overthrown, she would ultimately have to be overthrown. Oh, maybe. What I'm curious about is like who and when. Like, what would have made this better for you if sure. you not John? Who? Um, sure. And, and does, and I, and I'm genuinely curious and, you know, feel free to DM us or, you know, I, I can't recall how you sent this message, but however you did it, do it again. Um, I'm genuinely curious, like if not John, uh, like would you have wanted John to stay by her side Mm. and support her as this new mad queen? Like I, I, I. Cause I, I mean like respectfully, I, d- I just, I don't think that that would be the right move for, that's just not true to John. Right. Uh, but, but I am curious, like what could have made that better for you? Um, I, I would love to know.
0: Yeah. Uh, last thing Ray mentions here is with Jamie in particular, at some point, I think Brianne asks him how he wants to die or someone does really, really early on in the show. I think that's actually Braun that asks him that. Yes. Or they're having a conversation about it and he says in the arms of my lover aka Cersei. So it sounds like judging by Ray's comment here. He is
1: he he's he down.
0: Yeah, with the Jamie ending uh, because Good. that's exactly what happened. So and I agree. Yeah.
1: I completely uh, agree. Ray does also go on to say uh, also this is the first time any podcast I've ever listened to has responded to a D- DM. So that's super dope guys. I I left us in here because I wanted to, one, thank you, Ray, for DMing us because we we truly appreciate it. We appreciate the interaction. We appreciate the conversation. True. But also, to anybody who's listening and watching, guys, like we love interacting with your thoughts and opinions and ideas. Well, Zach does. Send them in, man. Uh, dude, literally now, everything like to, that people I'm just, send... I like to. I'm just not on social right, media. Right, but everything much. that people send... You get a yes, screenshot. true, true, of. True, like, true, true. We we love this, yep. and we love interacting with you guys. So, like you know, definitely do that. Like I I can't I can't express how much like the whole reason Scott and I do this is because we like talking about this shit. For sure, yeah, hundred percent. So keep keep that going. Uh, I think do we have anything else, Scotty? Before oh we have one here. At yeah, the one bottom, at the here bottom. at the bottom from Jordan. If you want to, yeah. So Jordan, um. Her sentiment is that Arya has the best. Okay, article. I'll hear it. I'll allow it. I will hear this because she is also one that is high contention for yes. me. Yes. Uh, I love Arya because I feel like at the beginning she had this desire to be different from her sister and be on her own, be her own independent person with great fighting skills. Uh, and by the end of the series, I feel like she has been through so much and learned so much from her different mentors across the series. And now has become everything her young self was dreaming she could become, and actually saves the entire day by oh, killing Nike. Oh, I love this, Jordan. Man. Love this. Jordan, you Hitting it. get this shit. Nailing it. Uh, also, her being able to seek revenge on the people that did horrible things to her and her family is so satisfying to watch as a viewer. Also. Everything with her and the hound is by far the best part Ooh. of the series, in my opinion. Ooh. Jordan knows what the fuck she's talking jo- about. Yeah. Let me just let me just say that. Jordan Jordan is spot on here.
0: Uh I have no notes, I think. So <laughs> I think, I think,
1: Jordan, you are here you know what you're talking about. Here's
0: the thing. And uh, this is just like fucking we're echo chambering over here uh with Jordan. But I, I will say but th- this is a Jamie problem too, honestly, but like some of the middle, well, season five ish through season six, uh, Aria's arc is not great. Um, sure. honestly, season seven too. I think they kind of ran out of things for Arya to do. My beef with Aria late in the series is that after her time in the house of black and white, she loses like almost all emotion and I did not like that because yeah. one of the yeah. things I love most about Arya's character is how fiery and emotional she always she's was. so charismatic dude she's always. right but she always is just like so like she wears her emotions on her sleeves she always says exactly what she's thinking um you know, she gets pissed off at Joffrey. She doesn't care that he's a prince. She's just gonna let him know what a dipshit he she is. She's so loving and thankful to John for like the present. And she just, you know, all her time spent with like She's ignoring,
1: unapologetically like just herself. Right. Always.
0: And like I said, just very like again, she wears her emotions on her sleeve and she's always just willing to put everything out there after her time in the house of black and white she just becomes this very stoic like killer and hey when you spend time training with like the whatever what are they fucking called the faceless men Mm -hmm. like that's probably gonna happen fair enough the raz al ghul raz al ghul over there (laughs) but she just wasn't nearly as interesting after that for me because i missed that fieriness i missed that passion sure um But uh, despite all that, I I agree with almost everything you say and that I do think, you know, obviously her us watching to get her get revenge is very satisfying. And honestly, the last time we kind of see her show emotion is, is that moment we loved where the hound convinces her, Hey, don't become me. You need to get out of here. You know, you can tell she's scared. Uh, She doesn't, Want to die? She's
1: a human being. She's
0: a human being again,
1: just like when she interacts with Ed Sheeran. Dude, I fucking hate you so much. <laughs> uh
0: So yes, that's that's the one beef I wanted to air out. I, I needed to get that off my chest about Arya after that's a good take, after she God. goes to the house in black and white. But Jordan, I think excellent opinions. Uh, her stuff, yeah, with the her hound scenes with the hound is is the best stuff in the whole series. Um, otherwise, I I think you're you're spot
1: on
0: 100%. Okay, uh Hannah, this is our last one here. Um I'll read this since Zach this, this is too long and Zach has strongs when he reads. Okay, Hannah says, hey. "Maybe hot take, I don't know. I think you guys seem to not hate Danny as much as you say you do. I was actually prepared for way more Danny hate than there was throughout the series, and I thought you guys did a good job of giving her credit where due." I would guess that more than you guys actually hate Danny as a character, you hate the blind Danny hype. I think when I read that, I was like, boy, I fucking think Hannah might have us fucking pegged, because I didn't even realize that myself, but I think that is true. Uh, That's part one. Do you have... What do you want to say about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I just... I... Hannah... I'm gonna need you to get the fuck out of my ass right now.
2: <laughs>
0: I'll um, see you on Tuesday if you wanna unfold my brain more because I think yeah, you are geez. spot on.
1: Can I get you on retainer? Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> fuck. I need to talk about some things. Um Yeah, no, Hannah, I think I think that you're I think that you are correct in some aspects. Sure. So Let's I think I do want to unwrap this a little bit. I think that I like Daenerys' character archetype. I like what her character's mission and goal and um and arc is. And I think that Amelia Clark does it beautifully. Sure. Um what I don't like on a personal basis, like from a human being, I do not like people who are petulant children who yes. are brats who think that they need to get what they want always it's my way or the highway in some aspects it's like joffrey and people despise mm, joffrey Yeah, true, true, although true, true. she's a liberator and yes he's a torturer yes right but some of the same mindsets of my way or the highway the my personality way or death, is there it is what i dislike yep. now as an archetype it's a beautiful arc I think it's done. I think it's done excellent. So I think that there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, but I do want to clarify that, like, give me se- season one through five, Danny. Like, I would never have a beer with her, <laughs> other than <laughs> other than the fact that she's super hot. I was gonna you say, know, of
0: course you would. You lie. But out. I would have
1: a beer with you know, like, so, like she's just not somebody that I enjoy that I would like to be around, sure. right? Like, in in the way that I love you know some of the other characters, but. But Hannah, you're that's a, an astute observation. Ah, uh, we can tell that you are a close listener, yeah, ah, uh, and you should go into therapy, yeah, uh, or be a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> I, both seem to suit your skill set.
0: I would just like to say that i I appreciate this sentiment from Hannah because I think that that justifies like. That we did try to be and I know I tried to be especially as objective as possible when we you were are doing so like so full of shit. No, listen, I'm being genuine here. We were trying to be as objective as possible when we were doing like who be thrown in, and even though there was plen-
1: I was trying to be as no, objective no, as possible, was, and you no, were
0: you never wanted was, to hear it. It was mostly me though. Hey, I let you do it, okay?
1: dollar is um, Ed only on the list twice.
0: <laughs> yeah, he only made the <laughs> list twice. You always got your way on the list, you absolute fucker. It's because anyway, I'm always right. Um wrong. I I think there is definitely a major element of uh, uh you know, old, old Scotty boy over here can be a, a bit of a contrarian so the fact that yes, there's a ton of blind Danny hype and that's what I hate, but again the The whole season one, what she did uh, with the uh, Miriam Azdour and called Drogo, really dug her into a hole for me. And to Zach's point, her her personality, her her petulant ch- childreness, uh, is something I don't like. As you well know, I complained about it plenty with Harry. Although, to self-report a little bit, I I will say in hindsight, I was definitely too too hard on Harry. I'm not going to turn this into a Harry Potter thing, but. You know the what I've claimed to like so much here about Daenerys, you know her struggle, her her you know emotional state that she was in in these last couple episodes. I probably did not give enough credit to Harry in those circumstances, so I'm just gonna go ahead and call myself out on that one. But that's neither here nor there. Um,
1: that was I've seen some real growth. Yeah, real growth, and not from your pants. I'm a changed. from
0: your pants oh you'll see that later um (laughs) but yes okay second part here uh this is so this is still hannah by the way this is so important to me because it drives me insane and i don't hear anyone talk about it the reason the ending drives me up a wall is because brand gets crowned king and there are many issues with that imo but the biggest one is that it is an extreme basic archetype violation. Bran, as the Three-Eyed Raven, is the wise man. He's the Dumbledore, the Gandalf, the Obi-Wan. There is a reason that those characters don't become the king. They're the knowledgeable advisors, not the conflicted, compassionate rulers. It's such a violation of basic storytelling, and it's not even done well. Um, Okay, actually, just to make your life complicated, slight edit, there are multiple ways to be the king, and sometimes a king can be a wise man, but to me, the question of who will win the Iron Throne makes this a chosen one story. And the wise man and the chosen one are definitely two separate people. Uh,
1: again, Harry and Dumbledore, Luke and Obi-Wan, et cetera.
0: Okay. This is
1: well thought out. Yes. I think reasoning, by the way. So kudos, Hannah. I uh, think
0: we're in agreement with her here. Like, I think we are, yeah. yeah. I mean, Bran should not... Yeah, I mean, we, we talked about this
1: yeah. last episode there is a way, like Hannah says, you know, yes. a a, a uh, wise man, quote unquote, archetype can, in some ways, in some situations, be the king, be yes. the ruler, but that work was never put in, right. by the by the writers. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bad call. Like that is, if there is anybody out there who wants to call out the absolute bullshit of the end of Game of Thrones. This is what you call out. Yes. Stick to this. Make a this your argument. 100%. This is the argument. And yes. this is the argument that we will agree with 100% of the time. Yes. Um
0: If someone wants to yeah. s- look me in the eye and tell me Bran becoming king ruined the end of Game of Thrones for me, I'll be like, "Hey, fair enough." Like, I personally think there was a lot of other good things that, you know, while I didn't like that particular aspect, you know, made season eight uh acceptable whatever you want to say i totally understand that, that
1: how that specifically could ruin the yeah. ending for you i just there there is one thing and this is potentially a call out here on on you hannah but but maybe people who feel that strongly about that um i did not watch eight seasons of this show to figure out who's going to become the king oh true yeah I you know like that's like that was not the point of this like you are valid in saying that that is a bad choice because it is uh, objectively it is, but it's it's just so interesting to hear people say that like it ruins the ending. It's like man, I I am sorry that you watched this show and cared that much about who became king that you let that hurt the other beautiful moments sure. in the series. To be fair, you know? I don't think Hannah is specifically saying
0: that's like the only reason sure. no, she right. watches the show. I, sure, she's just I, saying. I the question of who will win the iron throw makes this a chosen one story. Right. Which, yeah, I I think I mostly agree with. But and again, I I cannot and I will not defend the brand becoming king thing, especially Absolutely not, like you said, because they they did not put in the work. And that is the one well, aside from obviously brand becoming king, but obviously a lot of people don't talk about that much. They will like mention it. But again the thing i hear most commonly is like uh the writing and the pacing and the writing aside from this one instance i completely disagree with and the pacing i'm i'm kind of torn on i think If people want to talk about the, oh, everyone's warping around, you're dumb. You're full of shit. They literally went from Winterfell to King's Landing in one episode in season one. Um, They, uh, if you want to say they could have had more expanded scenes, like between Arya and the Hound on their way to King's Landing, for example, or, you know, honestly, give me more of Daenerys's slow yeah.
1: descent into madness give me more Varus working behind Give the scenes. me more
0: of Varus. if you want to say yes. give me more of that type of thing I will agree uh yeah that is one thing that I will say I think it could have really used probably one more episode in the final season but again I tie a lot of that problems back to season seven because season seven dicked around and accomplished nothing it's like they were just stalling to then ultimately run out of time in season eight, which I don't understand.
1: Yes, right. And, and I, think, I think that we are in agreement that like season eight could have used more screen time. Yep. And I think it's valid to be upset with the showrunners and or whoever's decision it was to make that decision right correct um however uh if you think that the people who make that decision are writing every minute detail of character interaction character dialogue and how these scenes get you know uh completely spelled out you're mistaken like they obviously influence many things there but it is okay to separate the things yes. that are objectively good and the and the, the areas, that it's like, man, but it would have been nice to have an extra episode or two episodes or whatever, or pull an episode from ep- from season seven and just make it a more flushed out episode of season eight, you know, or yes. whatever. Like, whatever it needs to be. Like, I, I can agree with those points, but I will die on this hill that says that uh, that does not ruin the ending of this show to me. Yeah. No, I agree. uh the things that happen in this show at the ending are still beautifully done mm-hmm. and we get some incredible wrap-ups to some characters that we love yes despite the the brand thing again humility objectivity but yeah i just i just think that i just think that people need to be okay with not hating something like it's we're yes. we're, we're past we're past when it's cool to hate things yeah. like get like we need to get past that you
0: don't have to be like absolute uh, you know an absolutist it doesn't have to be the greatest thing you've ever seen it only doesn't have to be- the sith deal in absolutes. <laughs> exactly it doesn't <laughs> have to be the best thing ever it doesn't have to be the worst thing ever and what really grinds my gears i guess we're now kind of getting into general wrap-up uh territory here but like is when people are just like blanket season eight was garbage ruined the entire show it's all benioff and wallace's fault and don't well they ignore and don't acknowledge all the amazing stuff that is still there like the the music is still fucking incredible across the board that there's some amazing like you know, cinematography shots and, you know, incredible acting, incredible acting, some really yes. impressive, like CGI for the time. House of the Dragon kind of dunked all over it. But, you know, listen, <laughs> that's that's a conversation for another time. Um, There was still some amazing craft that went into this season and people want to flush it down the drain like it was it was made by and like it was it was just shat out and HBO didn't care. Benioff and
1: Weiss didn't, Weiss didn't care that no one There's cared. Tho- thousands of people that poured their fucking yes. entire skill set, love and sweat and tears and like endless hours and into this
0: had to very good results in a lot of cases. Again, yes, I don't love everything that happened in this season. I have major qualms. But that I do not let that, like, completely discount the entire thing. And then by extension, what really makes me angry is then the people who are like, uh, well, it ruins the entire show for me. And it's like, again, I'm catching myself doing it again. Like, if that's your opinion fine i guess but Th- those just aren't our people man like if yeah that's your
1: headspace like you need to go to therapy or I, I think you just really fuck. need
0: to consider that the the old you know proverb or whatever it is the, the journey can be its own reward you know what i'm
1: saying like the yeah. one piece was the friends we made along the way <laughs> <laughs> yes uh man yeah so yeah, I think as we wrap up these uh, these submissions, that uh, there may we maybe bit off a little more than we oh, <laughs> we boy. could do. Yeah. That that was Jeez. a lot. That was a lot. Uh, first off, guys, thank you so much for sending those in. Uh, Sorry we, if we missed
0: yours. Obviously, this is already running long.
1: Yes, truly, yeah. So uh, there there are many more um, that we were not able to get to on the show but uh we we do plan on finding new and interesting ways to continue interacting with you guys and doing this sort of thing um so you know don't don't stop sending these in uh we appreciate them more than you guys know uh there are a few things that we do want to discuss here to wrap up and we will make these pretty quick uh but i think it it wouldn't be a true series wrap up Mm. final thoughts if we didn't touch on some of these sure um, and the first one that I want to um that I want to discuss is is actually Scotty's time to shine. Uh, I have been oh. giving him shit for being this guy through the entire series and now I want him to be this guy um i I would just like to hear from you, Scott, a little bit about what are some of the best changes from book to the screen? Okay. And some of the areas that maybe you, you wish could have been expanded on or dived into a little bit more from the books. Um,
0: okay. Well, not to be yeah. that book guy, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. <laughs> Now's your time. Right Right off the bat, uh, because we already talked about it, and this one immediately jumps to mind. Uh, I think one of the easiest best changes is is that season one scene that was – Created entirely whole cloth uh, to add time, basically, between um, Robert, uh, Bobby B, and Cersei. Uh, I think that really fleshes out their relationship and is just a fantastic scene between the two of them. Um, The expanded role, and this is difficult, because what's difficult to talk about this is, like, some of the stuff I'm thinking of like could theoretically still be coming in the books. Sure. Um, but
1: I mean, I'm still coming
0: in the books, obviously. Uh, I want to give a lot of props and we've done this many times, but to the casting, like there are, uh, several characters who I was either like, Oh, okay, they're fine. Or like didn't think much of, when reading my first read through with the books that I ended up absolutely adoring. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the actors who were casted as them and their performances. I think I think of,
1: one that you mentioned is to me a while back was Rory McCann, right?
0: Rory McCann as the hound, I mean, is, is a huge one. I mean, I like, I liked the hounds in the book or the hound in the book, but obviously Rory McCann takes him to, an entirely new level, and he's probably my favorite character in the entire series. Uh, Oberyn is a huge one. Like mm. uh, Oberyn in the books, I recall on first read, I was like, "Ah, he's kind of a you know a cocky jackass," but I you know he's he's all right. He seems he seems all right. Like I wasn't like super into him, um, but I was just kind of like, hey, "Hey, he's here to help my guy Tyrion, and I'm here for that, so that's cool." But I didn't like love love him specifically i know a lot of book readers did but uh on my first read through i was not that way and then obviously i think uh what's his what's his name uh the actor you gotta help me out here in my memory the actor of who oberon oh pedro pascal Pedro Pascal. i think pedro pascal's success post game of thrones kind of speaks for itself for how yeah.
1: unbelievably charismatic the, and good that the guy dude is, is... Like, did you ever watch Narcos also? I have not. I do oh, want man, to. man, he's fantastic in Narcos also. I hear he's, here he's basically
0: fantastic in everything. Or in Iceman. <laughs> <see him. laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, uh, the other one that comes to mind for sure is Davos. Like, Davos is like an okay character in the books. He's like, fine. Yeah, right, from the, what I've the read. The stuff that is happening around him is interesting. He himself is like kind of just whatever. Um... But obviously, he's one of my favorite characters in the show. Uh, Liam Cunningham, I think.
1: Is, Liam Cunningham, yeah.
0: Uh, just fantastic. Uh, he's also been doing more. Um, yeah.
1: yeah. He's in that him.
0: new show uh, from Speak of the Devils, Benny Offen Weiss. Have you seen that trailer, by the way? Called Three Body Problem. It's Netflix's new big thing. No, I will oh, have to check that out. Does it look to good? Watch it. Uh, I am consider me very intrigued. Interesting. Consider me very intrigued. We'll maybe have to maybe we'll have to do something with that. It comes out in March, I think. Anyway, um, I would say those are the biggest strengths. Uh,
1: in the adaptation.
0: In the adaptation, music obviously comes to mind as
1: well. Sure. Like, let Uh, what what I'm what I'm really curious about is is storylines. Okay. Like. Is there anything that jumps out? And I, I should say, uh, I, I should let everybody who's listening and watching know. Um, we, we, we try and be as off the cuff and genuine about these conversations in the way that they would come up naturally between Scott and I. Uh, so Scott really hasn't had time to prepare for yeah. me, like for for me asking this. Uh, so you know, but I, bear so with sure this. I'm this forgetting. is a genuine conversation. I am genuinely interested. You want. Uh,
0: storylines that
1: weren't in the show that I wish were uh or vice versa yes okay
0: um the big one that I can think of is the young griff storyline that is in the books that with the golden company with the golden company um that is one where if George really wants to Go in a different direction and completely change the ending, like that could potentially have massive implications
1: for everything. Okay. So he's uh because you've talked to me a little bit about this before. He is a self-proclaimed Targaryen bastard. Uh
0: no, not not a bastard. He is uh oh. if I'm remembering and and understanding correctly, he is one of the children that was supposedly killed by the mountain, uh, oh. that was not actually killed. Um, okay. When the Lannisters took King's Saft Landing, King's if Light. if again, okay. if I'm understanding, maybe I need to watch a few more. Uh, what's his name? All shift x. All shift x videos. Maybe I need Daddy. to watch a few more all shift x videos. But my understanding, again, it may or may not be true. Uh. But that is my understanding that he is one of the actual children that uh of it would have been uh Rhaegar and uh Elia, right? Elia Martell. Elia Martell. Um although if you know they got an annulment and all that, maybe he's technically a bad I don't know how that works. Anyway, uh that is a storyline that I would have Loved to see, but it would have introduced a lot of elements to juggle player. Yes, that I I I am not
1: surprised. I mean, they tried to introduce Euron late in the game. <sighs> That's true. They did really. Let's come just that, sub that one. Put that, that guy later. on the bench what? and bring in Young Griff. It, well, listen, if they were to imagine anything- Young Griff comes in and tries to wed Cersei, yeah, dang dude, yeah. That Would be something, um, if they were gonna
0: keep a Greyjoy storyline, they should have trashed Euron and gotten his brother, who, who Victorian, yeah, Victorian. Although you kind of have to have both of them, honestly, because Victorian's kind of whole motivation is fucking over his brother Euron because he hates him. <laughs> um, but I think Victorian is way more interesting personally than Euron, um
1: that Margera has never really been my cup of tea so no I'll take your word for it
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else uh off the cuff that's that's the big one if the if there's anything that was in the show so you're you also want to know if there was any storylines in the show that that weren't in the books that well you, I, that, again that's really difficult because I mean of course there were because the Mo- or the show has gone past oh, the books. Okay,
1: sure, 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 sure. I understand. So, one of them, one of them that comes to my mind, and I th- this is only from osmosis, sure, <laughs> from photosynthesis, from- <laughs> <laughs> just have absorbed this from the ether. Uh, is uh, Stannis? No, 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 hold on. I'm sorry. So, Stannis isn't dead in the books yet, but that's because. Oh, the great Northern conspiracy stuff?
0: Is that what? Ooh,
1: no, that's not what I was going to say. But that's something you have that's, talked to me about that.
0: That's something that's in the book that I would have loved to see in the show. Loved. The Northern conspiracy stuff is fucking excellent. They did my boy Manderly, Wyman Manderly, so dirty in the show, to be honest. Because that dude
1: rules. Fuck the yeah. Hell yeah, dude. But
0: again, like the books are fucking 80 years long and George is never going to finish them like I understand. That's why I and I've always said this about like adaptations it's like I try as much as possible and I fail at it plenty believe me, but I try to keep them as separate as possible in my mind and appreciate them
1: as their own separate thing. Sure. Makes so. sense. Um, Okay. Uh, something that Uh, This can be short, but I am curious how you feel Game of Thrones has impacted television and pop culture, the way that TV shows are made. You think it has impacted in a positive way or a negative way?
0: Well, it's, it's in an interesting place because it was kind of the last, basically the last what I've heard people call like consensus shows shows that like everyone was watching weekly. And that's, you know, obviously the rise of streaming has basically killed that where instead of, you know, like we used to get together literally on Sunday nights, go to my place or whoever's and watch the new game of Thrones episode. Right. And that shit just doesn't happen anymore. Like for any show, like, maybe, like, you know, there are some passionate people out there that are, you know, meeting up to watch. I don't fucking but, but know. But
1: in in massive, yes. in, in waves. The mass like appeal,
0: like, there, there is nothing else since Game of Thrones, and a lot of this was due to the time in which it came out, uh, that it was kind of the last consensus. Everyone was watching it. Everyone was talking about it. But now streaming has kind of killed that, like shows are released in batches now, you know, and you just binge them and then you talk about them whenever. Um, so I don't know, it's it's interesting that you ask if it's had like an impact, it almost feels like it was
1: the last of a dying breed, you know? Well, you know what's interesting though is, so I, cause I, I don't disagree with that, but I kind of felt that with House of the Dragon. No, for sure. And that was the other thing I was going to
0: say was like it almost felt that way again.
1: And and House of the Dragon is only in its first season. Right. So I I wonder if it will gain that traction.
0: You think so? Do, I is, don't that know a, that is that, that a fair that, comparison
1: because it's it's a continuation of Well, I guess what I'm saying is like when when the first season of Game of Thrones came out.
0: Right but it, it was it an probably, unknown at that time whereas house of the dragon is like an established franchise you see what i'm
1: saying yes and i'm saying that like i'm disregarding the fact i'm not saying that it's better i'm just saying right, that I it it is only in its first season it's in its it's in its conception still right and it has room to continue growing will it build sure. to what game of thrones was season 3 sure i mean cuz that's i feel like when it really hit like everybody was watching in every household at the same time for sure um you know and and I don't know you you may be right you know it may just be the whole streaming thing which you know I I think is very real um do you think it has set like an expectation in like what we're looking for because like I I know I can speak to this personally like it has been difficult for me to seek out a fantasy yes show because of game of Thrones. Yeah.
0: It has for me, if that's what you're asking. And it sounds yeah. like it has for you. It's like... Oh, yeah. I feel like... And part of this is because I just feel like there is so much
1: more out there these days. Sorry. Dogs barking. That's all right. Cat There's, in the house. <laughs> don't, don't go back that way.
2: Don't, don't go back that
0: <laughs> There's just so many choices out there of things to watch that I find I just, like... My standards are like through the roof high where I'm just like, if this isn't like Oh, are we getting we might get oh a Murphy appearance? (gasps) Oh MG, look at her. (laughs) (laughs) Um If it doesn't meet like certain standards, certain criteria, I just I you know and it's tough, but I do compare if anything's trying political intrigue. Yes, I it's compared to Game of Thrones in my mind.
1: Right. Like whether yeah, that's yeah. fair
0: or not, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um earlier when I mentioned the topic of controversies, you said that there was something that you wanted to bring up. Was that something that we've already addressed through our other Uh it must have been. I don't okay. remember now. Uh- um And I, I think the only other thing that I that I want to touch on here um is just the future of the franchise sure uh i want to discuss a couple okay i mean we made the we made the joke at the beginning <laughs> of spin offs baby 28 spinoffs offs in the in fucking pre-production <laughs> uh and and some of them are are very interesting uh and would be cool to see uh but it's it's funny because I feel like every time I see on Twitter or Reddit or anywhere that this is discussed in like massive waves, uh the one that people constantly go to is I wanna see A Ag- or uh well one, Aegon's Conquest and I yeah. wanna see Robert's Rebellion. Yeah. Those are the two that are always like people want that shit. Yeah. Uh but I wanna know what what you would like to see from the future of the Game of Thrones franchise.
0: Okay. Well, to to pivot slightly, I'll tell you for sure what I don't want to see is the rumored Jon Snow <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would just like to transition to unless this real
1: quick. Unless it's a him and tormented buddy cop, uh basically just them having a fucking good old time. Jon yeah, Snow is, is our fantasy. number
0: one character in Game of Thrones who be thrown in. Love him to death. I, his, I do not need to see any more of him as much as I love him. I don't think there's anything worthwhile that you can do more with that character. Just let Jon rest. That is my take on that. Let, okay. let the boy be. That is, not, that is one I do not That is one I do not want to see. Uh Dunkin egg is always my answer to this and I hope that's happening. Um
1: yeah, I think it I mean it's it it's last in I saw George talk, No, no, no. Last I saw George blogs uh, his blog post. I think it is I think they're shooting the the pilot like the the, the pilot will still need to go and be like like uh approved, but I think they're shooting the pilot. Gotcha uh i think fuck i could be i could be super mistaken but it's it it has made more progress than than other than other uh shows in production those
0: are excellent you still need to read them you absolute fucker yeah i know they're short they're sweet like legitimately the first one could be done in like two episodes like max honestly okay like conceivably like an hour and a half like you could tell that complete story and tell it very well um they're short they're very good impactful um they're just a cool look at like a different period in game of thrones history um i am all for those uh but the other thing i will say is that i was not like super stoked on House of the Dragon. You know I'm not a filthy common that loves the Targaryens and dragons. <laughs> and then that shit came out and it was good. We fucking loved it and it was great. So, yeah. You know what? If it's made well and done well, I don't really care what it is. I'll be there for it.
1: Yeah. I think um so here's my take on stuff that's already in production. Um or 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 stuff that like is always talked about. Sure. People always talk about Aegon's Conquest and I think it could be really interesting to watch that but I feel like in a way Aegon's Conquest might serve better as like a trilogy of movies.
0: I was going to say even just maybe a movie or yeah, I could see that. Um cuz how much maybe like a 5 episode mini series.
1: Sure. I mean I kind of would love to just kind of see a like them Lord of the Rings that shit. Yeah, sure. Like that would be that would be cool. Um I just don't think that there's enough there to like like there's not I mean I guess there there could be but uh the things that we love about Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon is like is the politicking, right? The yes. underhand like back deals, like backroom conversations, character build, like mm-hmm. this is effectively Aegon's conquest is basically somebody just steamrolling through yeah. the fucking seven kingdoms it's, it's a
0: dragon know? curb stop.
1: yeah uh <laughs> so yeah I think that just maybe a movie or a trilogy could be really cool to see mm-hmm. um but th- the one that uh I will never give up on and it will never get done uh is I would love to have something about like whatever the fuck the five forts is
0: yeah i mean
1: the five forts you be, know
0: i fuck with the five forts
1: yeah and or like even just like in, and i'm sure that this would probably be covered because it's in the same kind of region but like uh vent like what jesus man i'm sorry i cannot remember his name what was the name of the maser that uh mapped oh uh, shit i can't remember but like, like even like a, a series of like his travels sure. to, uh, the, sh- oh, what is it? The Shadowlands, Shadowlands. Beyond, the Beyond the Shai,
0: and what is it? Yan, There's like Yan T. Yi Ti. Yi T, That's what it is. There is
1: a, there is a series about Yi in pre-production Oh, really? Right now. Okay. Yeah. Sick. Um, which, which would be crazy. If you guys don't know much about Yi T, is essentially like the, uh. Ancient
0: China kind of. Yeah.
1: Like the. Version. Ancient East. Yeah. Of, of yeah. our world uh very interesting stuff yeah and I also think, like incredibly rich like, I, comp-
0: I think a game of thrones uh, a song of ice and fire world fantasy take on like an ancient china story could be
1: fucking insane fucking sick absolutely yeah. yes uh very very cool stuff but yeah i am excited for house the dragons to, 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 to oh, continue yeah. fuck yes uh that show has been great although I will Patty Constantine will will be missed. Oh my god, yeah. Uh Rest assured
0: uh I think the old mythkeeper bastards whoever those fuckers are are going <laughs> to keep you up to date when when season 2 of House of the Dragon drops.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, certainly. So don't don't you go worrying your pretty little heads about that. Um I think that's about everything I had. Scott, was there anything else you wanted to talk about and wrap up here?
0: Um did you want to like rate the seasons or do we want to I think we do that another time. Okay. We'll see, yeah, I I think for sure we want to do some kind of a either a character tier list, ranking and then like an episode or scene something ranking or tier list of some kind I as well. I have one so. last question for
1: you. Okay. Was Game of Thrones as a completed series better upon this rewatch than than the first time watching it all the way through. I think
0: so. I think I, think I, so f- I feel like I got almost like a sense of like closure and like... uh I had a um, lot of realizations of right, things that some I care re- for. Realizations and almost relief because there was, like we talked about many times, part of the reason we want to do this was like, why haven't I gone back to it? Did I was I really not into season eight and it turns out I actually really liked season eight and I've talked about this many times. I think it's so important. Like the weight of expectations on, on anything that's so anticipated like this is crazy. And like, once you are free of that weight of, of the crazy expectations that a finale like this has to bring, like you can just enjoy it for what it is. You can enjoy it for the little things, you can enjoy it for the cinematography and the really good scenes, and you don't have to hyper-focus on
1: oh, Bran was king, so that ruins the entire thing, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, agreed completely. So. Yeah, ditto, echo chamber, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> we love a good echo chamber Yeah, here. um, well guys, I think that is going to do it for this recap, in hindsight, episode uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Thank you to everybody who submitted uh, some feedback, some comments, calling us out on our bullshit, Sarah. Uh, thank you, you for doing that. You yeah, asshole. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, friendly reminder: uh, hit us up on our new socials, which will be linked down in the description uh, for the new podcast, the new rebranded "We Don't Want a Podcast" called Myth Keepers Podcast. Uh, we are very excited to bring all that and then some to you guys. Yeah. Um, a lot of lot of cool things in the works. So thank you guys again. We will see you guys next time. Bye bye.